Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah. What do you say? What do you do when it all comes down? The myth is back at it. BC hitting you. It's MK all day, nearly every day, back in the studio here, Monday, August 15th, 2022. Loaded weekend of combat sports to break down for you. I'm Brian Campbell. Welcome in that BBC with that BDE, Chuck Mindenhall, the man filling in for Luke Thomas this week, but it's not really like filling in. It's like moving deck chairs around on That's the Titanic. Like, yes. That's what it feels Where'd like. Where'd Luke right? at? Where'd he go? He's on vacation with all his right. beautiful family, and you know he deserves it, all right? He does. He needed it. You saw him in here in he studio last it. week. He needed it big yeah, he's time. He's falling asleep but, on set. That's okay. Uh, Chuck, love doing the show with you. Love doing it in person. You and I were just on this uh, RSD couch right <laughs> here with one Demetrius Johnson, which will be coming out in the next week. Uh, that, was, that was good bingo we had. It has been a long ass time since I've sat on this set. Pre-pandemic, Pre-pandemic, right? so I feel like it's, that's what, it's been like three years, something like that. Since the damn bomb shelter. Yeah. Then we had the yeah. Orchids of Combat. Yeah, it's it's we ever upgraded named quite a bit now, man. This is, this is a great little set. I don't you know if we've on. ever named it, but thank you so much. Shout out yeah. to our great team of Mal- from Malco here. Uh, we got a fun show for you, not only looking back on all things UFC, Bellator, PFL, the return of Teofimo Lopez, also some breaking news on Adrian Broner and his uh, scheduled return this weekend. And uh, we're going to do some fun, Chuck. Mondays mean, have you seen this shit? So you ready to buckle up for that? It's my favorite segment, baby. It's my favorite segment. Oh, God. Uh, MK superfan Christian DeGuerro uh, repped us. you got to tune in to have you seen this shit today. Repped us over the weekend in the only spot where it's reputable. Right on the crotch, okay? So look forward to <laughs> that. That doesn't take long. You hey, should have a crotch count, too. With yeah, cr- nine, crotch cam. Uh, that'd yeah. be great. Crotch cam? <laughs> you, remember when, you remember when ESPN NBA in, like, 2001 had that ingenious crotch cam in the floor that would show the guys <laughs> That's right. jumping up to dog? Yes. You're like, wow, that yeah. guy's bag is as big as I thought it would be. That's great. Thank you very much. Uh, please, here's our handles. If you want to like us on this video on YouTube, subscribe to what we do. Hit us up on social, Chuck Mendenhall's accounts right there. Uh, we thank you for, for getting us over these humps of subscriptions, of voting on the awards. In fact, Chuck, what do you think about this? We're back at it for the World MMA Awards nominee for Best MMA Programming. Can we beat Rogan? Can we beat Ariel? Hey, you did it last year. Let's see if we can do it again. You can help right now by see that QR code at the bottom of the screen, hit that up, or go to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees. 
Click down on that, on that drop down. If you think we deserve it, give it to us once more. We'll be paying you back big time. Maybe a live show, some talk about a I live can, show. I can remember when I used to get nominated. Those were good days, man. Did you win? No, I never did. Who'd you lose to, Ariel? I think it was Ariel. He had that award on lock. He still does, No, he right? still does. He's, he's, it's like he's, uh, nobody's ever going to. They should just name the award after him yeah. and then let the rest, rest of us compete. I would have won. I came in second each of those years, so. Oh, shit, you did. I'm just guessing, but I think so. You're so you're like the Joseph Benavides to his Demetrius, <laughs> Pretty right? much. I needed a different, yeah, but you got, I like, need a different racket, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, Joe Joe did well, though. He married yes. us. You know, yeah. Shout out to Joe B on that one. Um, <laughs> Chuck, also, uh, Showtime, the label that pays us, 30-day free trial today. Why wouldn't you? We got great Bellator, Showtime Championship. Boxing is back this weekend. BC going to be back on the ones and twos. A showbox early September. Go get your 30-day free trial right now if you like it. Hey, stay a subscriber. It's great content. If you don't like it, as Luke would say, pound some sand. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, you big Portugal the Man fan? I, I'm, big I'm time. Proud big to, time. to display their, uh, their their fantastic 2011 <laughs> album. They got a new one coming out. I think they can do it to us Is again. This the subtle nod and wink. Yeah. Touch the nose. Shout out to the boys there, John right. Gorley and company. We love you guys. Um, Chuck, anything? Uh, what's new in your life before we get serious here about MMA? You know? Nothing, man. Nothing new in my life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would, you know, I'm not real prepared to even answer that question. That's but to be honest, nothing is really going on. Okay. It's a summer, man. You're just a man Dog with a lot of Dog days of summer. With a lot of hats. It. Yeah. Man with a lot of hats. And uh, that's about it. I, my wife thinks I look 55 in your hat that I bought. But it's so comfortable. And I, it's it's fitting the midlife crisis that I'm currently navigating. You know, it just it just fits me right there. You, you look like a newsboy. Like you look good. Yeah, I'm dressed like an asshole right now. But shout out to all the smoke <laughs> for the fantastic merch. And, of course, we have our own merch house, morningcombat.store. Right now, RJ Dunkelmaker is, a, is an MVP behind that one. But you can go. New merch available right now. Wow. I don't even know what that is. Go check it out right now, morningcombat.store. Tell them BC sent you. Chuck, we finally begin to outfit you a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, you, I, have, you get I a, have about five pieces now. Did you get a drug rug? No, I have not got one of those. Did you get a bomber They were jacket? sold out, man. They were sold out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's you should have got a, a, a BC uh, Hawaiian shirt. That's what you should have. I have a Luke shirt. shirt. It's like got the little Oh, Luke, the dead? The dead? Yes, I got that one. Okay. That's the one I got. I'm trying not to make my microphone an issue here. I'm trying not to move a lot. I want to be very robotic. Joke. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are happy to be here. We're happy to break things down. It was a loaded weekend this past one. I like that transition. Uh, how about UFC Fight Night in San Diego? Not the Whale's Vagina this time, but a must-see Bantamweight showdown. As good Lord, I, I can't believe people still like want you to put a spoiler alert on things. What are you talking about? Marlon <laughs> Verachito uh, continued his most violent year. Uh, close fight, fun fight with Dom Cruz, strategic, contrasting style fight. But when it all came down... Uh, <laughs> Wow, well, well, you you're that doing it naturally. Right, that now. was naturally natural. right. Little little Gavin Rossdale there uh, with Bush. Chuck, <laughs> Dominic Cruz gets gets finished and sent via I believe it was fourth round. Fourth round. Head kick. Um, a close fight before that, but the the this was another step forward on this win streak for Marlon Vera. What did this say about his realistic chances in the sport's deepest division mm. of cracking this title picture sooner than later? Well, I thought that there's like a little Grand Prix going on, obviously with the bantamweight division being as stacked as and all of those fights are happening within a month. So the, if this is the opening salvo, right, for a guy to come out and make his case, I don't think he could have made a better case. He was not... He was not being duped into a certain kind of fight with Dominic Cruz. I think in the past, Dominic Cruz has kind of bewildered opponents with his movement and doing all this stuff. It was almost like he kind of knew the chances would be there because he was able to drop Dom a couple of times and then that, that head kick at the end was just perfectly timed. 
came into contact right when he's leaning over to the it's, side, and it's just a brutal knockout. Now, if you're trying to put that on the highlight reel and get ahead of all of the guys vying for that title shot, the next title shot, I think that's a pretty good foot forward. Would you say that because, and we're going to get to Dom Cruz in a second, what this what this performance said about him, but because Dom Cruz brought it, this yeah. was a rejuvenated, oh, yeah. intense, ready-to-go, title, elite-level Dom Cruz, that just raises what this victory says 100%. even more about where Vera's at, right? That, because I, I don't know how you're watching, but I'm sitting there, the narrative is all about Dom Cruz through yeah. three rounds. You're thinking, this is 2012, 2011 Dom Cruz. He's moving around. I mean, his movement was insane, and he was mixing in the takedown threats. He was changing stances. He was doing all that stuff he used to he do. And he's winning the power round. shots, too. Yes, and he was, doing, he was doing all of it. So it's like he really reminded me of the old Dom. I didn't think we'd see that again. Yeah. And to see it so effective, even through three rounds, I know the momentum was swinging just a little bit in that third round, but I still felt it was his fight going into the fourth. Did you think it was 2 nothing Dom at the at the I did think there? it was 2 nothing Dom, and then the third one was close. I know yeah. a lot of people right away were like, that's a Cheeto round. But I, in, in real time, I was like, that felt like a, a, a toss-up to me, to be honest. Did so. we end up seeing where the cards were? after because I thought uh, it was going to be was two to one Dom going into the, in, on all scorecards because it looked if that knockout hadn't happened right there I, I thought Cheetah was winning round four it looked like it was going to be essentially right. up for grabs entering the fifth that's round. what it so the momentum was swinging but it would have been interesting to see what would have played out I wouldn't have been surprised obviously if Dom got a you know 48 yeah. 47 type of score on that swinging like an open marriage yes just uh, like that. Just like us right now. It's great. It's great. I can swap partners uh, uh, very effectively. Uh, Marlon Vera is, it, it, there's something to it. We said it last week. There's a next level confidence with him right now that is fueling this violence. But, you know, I said, is, is it Masvidalian? Do you get a 2019, well, you know, I'm going to baptism type of feel? Maybe. But how about the poise? I would speak to the poise because. Sure. It was almost as if Vera was never worried, even as Dom Cruz would get off flurries. Yeah, he dropped him in the first. Like, there were moments where Vera would show that he's in this fight, but he never pressed and was like, oh, crap, I'm losing this. He I need to rush. Being, I feel like in the past, Dom Cruz has kind of freaked people out with his movement, yep. and you would see them biting on a lot of his movement. You would see people kind of playing his game. I didn't feel like Cheeto was doing that. Even through the rounds when he was getting worked a little bit the first couple of rounds, he was staying the course. He, wasn't, he was not, you know, buying into every feint, every deke. Like, he was just kind of waiting for his shots. And honestly, it was working because he he had the bigger shots. He was just getting outvolumed through the first couple of rounds, but he was still landing the bigger shots. Ultimately, uh, all told, it was just it was a very patient, very poised. Uh, you know, this is a guy who at one point was kind of an anonymous bantamweight. Like you know, he was going through. He had some big fights, but I felt like he would lose in a crucial moment. He was just kind of buried, but he's coming into his own at the exact right time. He's great on the microphone. The he's, crowd loved yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I he's mean, got Ecuador behind him. Like, you see the heroes walking That's Ecuador. a Mexican-American backdrop, San Diego, right? Yeah, And of I course. feel like... And he they, had him. He, he had, had him, him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's Dom's hometown. That's Dom's hometown, and yet it came fully around like, yeah, he yeah. is that bad. I mean, if you look, you walk into a cage with a scorpion tattoo on the side of your dome, you're... It's pretty you're, badass. My daughter know, was into that. She was like, I like his tattoo. On his I mean, his combination of tats... The long beard, yeah. and then just that. I mean, he had great sound bites leading up to it, but I like that he spun it back around to res yeah. respect to Dom on the mic of like, no, we you know sure. we talked our trash, but I mean, look, he's he's, he's fully keeping it real, man. putting it together. He is very much in this title picture discussion. So I want to ask you the same question that I debated on Friday's episode with Rashad Evans: is look. Um, in some ways, it's wide open. Whoever may have the best performance of these coming up top ten matchups that are so must see across the board. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of them that we that we need to see. But I think we all agree that if Sugar Sean O'Malley beats Piotr Jan, not only from his own words but from his marketing value, from what he's saying, yes. he's hearing, 
that he could cut the line. Is that fair considering Cheeto stopped him? I know there's an injury involved, <laughs> but we can't look back on that and be like, it was a steep stoppage loss, right? It wasn't yeah, a yes. Loss. I mean, fair, it's not going to be fair. But if O'Malley goes in there and does anything that's emphatic and wins that fight, he is guaranteed slam dunk to be the guy. And it doesn't okay matter. That? I get it. I get it. If you're putting him on the same card, now, now obviously he's got a new contract. He's getting paid. Now, now we see that he's like, okay, now I'll fight whoever you want to put in front of me. So if he's taking this challenge and he's going against a guy, and he's already doing a remarkable job, by the way, of selling this fight, so, yeah. you know, kind of teasing that you know he's the favorite and all this stuff. I, I love that sort of thing. But if he goes in there and actually does it on the same night as the Ashok Bantamweight title fight, I would, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, all right, I get what they're I mean, the doing. Same night nice it. synergy. It's gonna. Just, it's all you know how it is. It's the all right, so we thing. we have the champion Aljamain against Dillashaw on the same night as you're saying as Sugar Sean against Peyotr Jan. We've also got Corey Sanhagen against Song Yedong, yeah. Marav Devalish Willie up against Jose Aldo. Which one of those winners would make the most sense for the next move for Cheeto Vera? I mean, it depends on who wins. But, right. But what yeah, do you this think? Is a, this is tough. Maybe maybe the Aldo Marab. I, I don't know. It's always very tough because there's also, I guess this is a winner if Marab does it, maybe that would be the one. But I also feel like then you might be cutting out one of the guys who has like that nice glean to them as they're going to the top. Yeah. I'm not sure the UFC would want to saw one of them off before they get there. So I don't know. But, but Cheeto's responded well when, when asked about yeah. this type of stuff, you know? I mean, he seems to be keeping it pretty realistic. Because as, know, as we man. talked about on Friday's show, we played some sound that, that uh, Shaq Majori had interviewed him for CBS Sports. And, yeah. you know, he was basically saying, this is Cheeto. I wasn't willing to wait for uh, O'Malley or, or Jan. Or basically, right. like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not waiting on anybody. He wanted to fight Jan. There was going to be a waiting process. But now, By the way, how big would that fight be again? The first time it happened, I felt like everybody was like, oh, Cheeto's going to get killed oh, by yeah. O'Malley. Comes out different. Now you have a whole different setup. That's and I think scenario. Cheeto's kind of like, his star has shot up to a hold up well, that's why i said this may end up working out for cheeto because if o'malley beats yeah. Jan, which is not a automatic by any stretch of the imagination and then if he wins the title also not an sure. automatic you'd be looking at cheeto as the as the first title defense because it just makes sense right it's just a, it's a storyline that makes sense he'd be right i wish there. mma played out just like this yeah, it but it never, it, does. Never does. it never does it never does, does. It there's uh, probably some 11th player out of those five matchups so you just don't who's gonna have the next title fight that's how mma works that's how MMA whoever's works. number 11 right now will be or there. whoever's the old guy closest to the phone <laughs> when there's an injury <laughs> no, and then we're like no hey joke, mr faber can you fill in i mean this, this happens um <laughs> i would so, like to see him finally get a title shot that'd be great despite the brutal yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's more likely holly holm or uriah faber again <laughs> Probably on the same night. Um, despite the brutal KO, this was kind of a moral win for 37-year-old Dom Cruz. Yeah, I think he so. fought like he had turned back the clock. Is it is it that much of a difference of what he brought to the table compared to his victory over Casey Kenny, his victory over Pedro Munoz? Was it that much in your eyes so, in man. escalation forward? Well, I think there were lingering questions, honestly, like because he's gone through so many injuries and stuff, if he could even do the type of fight he was doing anymore. I, I honestly didn't know. And how old is he? He's like 36, whatever it Seven, is. 37. I mean, obviously, age does catch up to you, too. I did not think he had that kind of fight still in him, to be honest. And to see his movement and everything he was doing in there, and, you know, he was carrying some power. I think he was do doing very well in the exchanges. And he hasn't really been knocked out. I mean, this was this is a knockout. People, people. I heard people saying like he should retire after this. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? This guy like was so, showing his full resurgence. It is weird that he's a commentator and he's a fighter. Yeah. But he's still got a lot of fight left. He though. has a lot of fight now. Look, he's in the deepest division where even okay, if he had won this fight, yeah, we'd have to start thinking thinking about how quickly can they throw his name into a title scenario. He would have been very up high on the list. This takes him out of the immediate title picture. Yeah. It couldn't be more log jammed and deep of names old and young. But if he's just looking to still make high-level fights and be given a sort of 
I always say the Rich Franklin plan. Given an old guy sort right. of gravitas, because you know the UFC, as Luke always <laughs> says, doesn't do a good job of letting people exit in age. You know, sure. from throwing Anderson Silva at Derek Brunson and, and Cannoneer, where you're just like, what are what are these fights leading to? Nothing. There's no graceful outs. There's old guy yeah. fights for Cruz if he wants yeah. to do it, and they could be main events. Well, the Aldo one eventually. Like right, this is one that's been that legacy. Dillashaw fight. rematch at Dillashaw. Some point? I mean, you've got that. You have those types of guys, depending on how their fights play out, or when they themselves are kind of plucked from the running, at least yeah. momentarily. I could see any of those fights making sense. But the Aldo one, I would love to see. You came up at the same time as me watching those guys that they 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 really held down those divisions for so long. You'd love to see it, man. The WEC, WEC guys. Shout out to WEC. Yeah. We had Demetrius Johnson on here going, "Hey, I'm on a trilogy one day." Yeah. You know, I mean, that, much, much harder now. We were saying that more than him. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I was never interested in that. <laughs> I was very interested in that. Uh, thank he said you very he wants much. to get into gardening. He's not even into MMA anymore. Like, um, anyway. Big performance, though, altogether from Cheeto. So uh, looking forward to see where he goes from here. Only up. He is really putting it all together from the confidence to the conditioning to the poise. It's it's incredible. But, Chuck, this card. Did you see him coming? That's one of, that's, that's one not, of those guys. No, no. I, I never saw him coming. This, this current run? I mean, didn't you? Well, let's be fair. I thought he was coming on, and then he, but then the elbow fight, right. which was a fair, exactly. honest loss. But you're like, okay, that makes sense, right? You know, I just couldn't have seen that. Like, we, I did not think, especially after that, you know, the O'Malley into Aldo, Aldo. After well, Aldo, even, I was like, there's no way that he would be he, in this. It was spot a close yet. fight with the, with us, Song Yudong too. Could have gone yeah. either way. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just it's a crazy meter. It shows you in MMA, like you can't, you know, a year's difference can mean everything. You catch that hot. Streak is not just yeah. being hot, it's putting your, you know, you catch that perfect thing where mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it just all clicks. For him, I think and that's he's, true. It's, it's, it's His interviews are different. I mean, look, he's the just great ones can create multiple waves of that, yeah. right? They can reinvent themselves. Dom Cruz, Jose Aldo can reinvent themselves constantly, but right now he's coming into all of his superpowers together, and it's it's great to it's I don't know if it's because people are paying more attention to what he's talking about, but when he's on the mic now, it's must listen. I love hearing Dude, he looks he like a, a gangster in like a Tony Montana he movie. Does, like he just he looks he's, he's the part. He's central the casting part, completely. Uh Chuck, this UFC San Diego card really overachieved to the point that <laughs> I got nailed on social media going, MK, how could you not do an instant reaction to this? Luke's on vacation, you guys dropping the ball. Oh, you're putting out boxing <laughs> bullshit clips over the weekend? First of all. Those are artsy clips. Me and Luke rewatching Joshua Usyk one. You should check that out. YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. But Chuck, there were plenty of storylines. Um, let's just throw it out like this. Which, right. Who do you think stood out the most with their performance underneath that main event? I mean, it's got to be Nate Landwehr, right? Like, <laughs> the, the craziest thing is like those two fights at the top ended up being like, you know, the whole event. Like it just kind of made you forget everything else. But the Landwehr fight. It was like I said it was like an epic three-part miniseries because it like it played out in three different completely ridiculous segments. What made it so different cuz it, it felt like a a awesome barn burner brawl fight of the year contender almost a street fight at times but there was some other unique sort of yeah man weird feels to it that made it unique. Because Onama came in and I think that he was a huge favorite and I think people thought not necessarily a showcase fight he wasn't fighting a can but they I think people thought he would get by a kind of berserker like Yeah land where I mean just, this is Darren Elkins 2.0 right this right. Right, the next exactly. Breed of That's kind of, that was yeah. kind of the feel, and I, I, you know, it actually is playing out just like that. I'm almost, can, I'm pretty convinced. I have not seen an interview yet with Lambert, but I feel like he was out for a second, and then woke up on the next strike, and then he activates. How often does this happen where a guy actually comes to life after the, you know, the initial it wakes him up, knockdown, yeah. wakes him up, slowly starts to take over the fight. You see shades of it in the, at the end of the first round, but then the second round comes, and Onama is completely fatigued, can barely, can barely put together a punch. And you're like, how is he going to survive? It's a 10-8 round, close to a 10-7. I mean, it's one of those type of things where it's so one-sided, you're like, this is insane. 
And then the showman comes out in the third, right? He has, uh, Landwehr has like maybe three times where he could have finished it on the ground, stands up, gets the crowd going. Okay, so that's I've the, never seen anything like this. That's, that's the weird part about it, that the end of that third round was almost as if we're not competing anymore. It was almost like Landwehr <laughs> was kind of showboating so much. You're like, dude, he's right behind you. Like It's like the classic definition of playing with your food. But he was it, playing he, to the crowd. But too. they were both simultaneously playing to the crowd, playing up this moment, being like, holy shit, we found ourselves as the lead actors right. in this epic play. Right. But they were almost and even like, Onama's having his moments. It like was even, like removal of the fourth wall. Right. It was almost like looking at the camera and being like, "We're all in on this together. Yes. Isn't this awesome?" Let's get some applause yeah. going on here. Wild. They both could have lost. I mean, to see. So essentially, it looked yeah. like it was going to be one-sided out of nowhere for the train, and then Onama makes a comeback, but then the train steps on the throat. But then Onama almost rallied back one more and time. And then he it's does. Wild. He's landing these shots. Now the, cre the the scenario that goes to your mind is, "All right, this guy's playing with this food. Landwehr now has control of the fight, but now he's letting him fight back. He's putting his." hands down, and he takes a punch or two, and you're like, if he gets knocked out, this is gonna be one of the most talked about, like this moment would be ridiculous. And just a second, it goes through your mind. But the other thing that goes through your mind is, him not finishing, you're like, if this round goes to Onama, there's a very real chance this is a draw. And you'd be like, okay, that's sort of fitting given the way the fight went. But you'd have to look at Landwehr at that point and be like, dude, what the hell are you thinking? Okay, so what if you're Nate Landwehr, obviously you want to be the best. You, you want to get up in this title picture and climb the rankings, and you know, it's far away from that, but he's making noise. Do you just embrace? I'm a I'm a fucking TV fighter. I'm I'm that dude. I'm that dude. You did. plug in. Is that I what think he, he did? I think that was basically his moment. You know, there was always there were always those guys. Chris Lieben had a moment like yeah. you know. There's always the guys who they kind of make a declaration. Cowboy Cerrone was the ultimate of that, right? Even though he was elite, he was also the UFC ultimate. UFC loves it, man. The UFC loves it. If you can throw a wild man in there and you know it's going to be an action fight, you can plug that into any swing bout He'll of a pay-per-view. He'll take a fight on yeah. eight days' notice. He'll show one hundred percent, man. Yeah, that is Nate Landwehr. Um, I want to shout out in the battle of Yasmin's. It was Yasmin against Yasmin. Yeah. Yasmin Horge. Is that how I pronounce it? <laughs> I because don't really DC know. was struggling through I that. I know. Yorgi, There's like nine different pronunciations. Yeah. Okay. The Yasmin that won, Chuck. Look, uh, let's be honest in this battle of Yasmin's. One of the, her opponent was what? Uh, the youngest fighter in the UFC? 20 yeah, years old. 20 years old. But had 17 pro fights up yeah. to that point. But Yasmin Yorge is the one who gets the nod. They were talking like in this women's strawweight division, which is always top level elite yeah. killers that these two are gonna be at the top one day, but it was almost matter of fact. Did you get that feeling watching this fight? It was an, it was an eye opener, man. I mean, they both were leaving it out there. Um, honestly, I thought this would be the fight of the night in the end, did you? I mean, I was like, you're of watching course. it like, I was like, this is, a, this is a pretty intense fight. I love when they do find, like, obviously they haven't had a ton of publicity on either side. They're both very young. You love to see that, man. You love to see it where two people arrive at the same time, and now all of a sudden it, it just like keeps us. the division. Yes. We arrive at the studio at the same time today, and we just we bring, actually, we just bring the magic. Um, I'm trying to fit. What was the other Yasmin's last name? I'm, I'm butchering this. Gaff in the back. Can we hook? I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> Lucindo. That was. Oh, it. yeah. yeah. yeah um, she showed out, too, for, for, for her effort and performance. Yeah. Bam. But, I, I, you know, look, I agree with the broadcast. There was sort of a next-level control of the technique and the passion that they were fighting with at a young age with so little UFC experience. But again, they seemed matter right. of fact that these two will see each other again down the road. You know, time will tell yeah. here, but it was an eye-opening performance. Um, Nina Nunez also on the undercard, the, of course, the wife of Amanda Nunez, uh, won, gets a split decision win, but then yeah. puts the gloves down. Yeah, I didn't see that and, coming. And walked away. I mean, I'm not going to be here, you know, what's her legacy? But, <laughs> you know, to hear her afterwards say, I want to. I want to have another yeah. baby. I want to continue building this family. Then we could not support you more to know when it's your time. But where do we see that after a win, though, right? 
you like to see it, and it's nice in her situation. Obviously, she's uh, you know she's the she's got a very rich um, partner who's still going to do it. And it's like if you can do the support, if you can do be the supporting part of that, and she has done an admirable job of coaching and helping teammates, and also Amanda. So good for her, man. I think you know she she definitely she said she started as a hobby, and she made the most of that hobby. You know what I mean? She like got she, she got yeah, she, she got, got to pretty a point far where, up there. What was the fight that that she lost? Where had she won it? She was. Oh, yeah, potentially yeah. going to be a title contender, you know. Well, I remember the fight. I don't remember the yeah, opponent, but I remember uh, I remember her show. being right there. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we, we can't don't remember anything. That. We don't actually know who we're talking about right this now. Is hung- um, <laughs> I did hear Nina say before the fight that even though Amanda started her own gym, yeah. Lioness Studio, that she was going to stay with ATT and she'll be with them for the rest of her career. I didn't know if she knew that the rest of her career meant four or five more days, but you know, <laughs> you know, we congratulate her. Well, that makes more sense now, doesn't it? Like, um, so. <laughs> any other get your eyes feel good moments? On this I mean, career? I like the Angela. You know, Hill. She was also a big time underdog in this fight, and she was able to go in there. Um, and honestly, look as good as she's looked. She's looked good in other fights and pockets, but somehow would just lose a close fight. This yes. one, you could tell she was not going to let that happen. There was a couple points in her career where you're like, oh, I see the intention of trying to finish. I yeah. think she's ready. And then, you know, she's had some close decision defeats, but always a gamer. Yeah. Um, you know, lately, uh, making flashy Instagram pictures as well. You know what I mean? Get, yeah. Getting people's attention. Got her and podcast rolling. She's, she's, she's a going. character. Like, I, I want to see her long after her career's yeah. over. At, I, was, you know, I was a little nervous if she lost this, and she was set up to lose this fight, you know, um, what that would mean for her UFC yes. career. I think she may have preserved her spot, honestly, or, or kept it going. She fights hard. Long. She's yeah. very likable. I mean, it, it, was, it was a good win from her in that regard. Um, a little bit more on this card will show up, of course, and have you seen this shit later in the show. No Luke extra credit this week. So yeah. I know the people are going to be like, damn, what am I going to do with my time? Uh, I just want to remind the folks that YouTube.com slash Morning Combat, get all of our bonus stuff. Right now, you can catch that rewatch that Luke Thomas and I did of the first Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk heavyweight title about the rematch. Of course, is this Saturday. This week, we'll also have a, rematch, a rewatch of uh, Kamaru Usman versus Leon Ooh. Edwards, part one. And also, launching tomorrow, spoiler alert, this guy, Chuck the Man in the Hat Mindenhall with us, doing a little real talk. Nice. Like men do, That's right? That's coming out tomorrow. That's coming out nice. tomorrow, UFC 278, correct? Yes. All right, our second topic, looking back at the weekend, uh, brought us to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and why wouldn't it? Bellator <laughs> MMA uh, landing down with a welterweight main event title contender here, and Neiman Gracie looking to bounce back from a stretch of alternating wins and losses against a rising Goichi Yamauchi. And Chuck, Goichi Yamauchi did exactly that. He rose directly into this welterweight title conversation. Uh, this was his second fight in the new weight class. And he got a second straight stoppage, but the nature in which he did it. Yeah. Can we just go right to the video, Gaff? Do we have that in the back of this knockout? It was Yamauchi calling Gracie forward to, to hit him in the yeah. chin, almost putting his head out there. Clinching his, yeah, yeah. And then responding to um, the delay and then the uppercut. Everything about that was perfect, but on the more macro level, what did this say about Yamauchi's, you know, threat here in this title picture at 170? Well, I think he looks pretty good, man, right? I mean, especially because he's doing it with his hands. It actually reminded me, like, as he did that and he put his hands down and he clinched his jaw, it almost reminded me of the Roger where it's a way back when he's fighting oh, Clay Guida. Remember oh, that yes. fight? And he just, and it became like this thing entering the, the, that round. It's like he switched a gear there or something clicked and it was, uh, it was a very, it was a very nice uh, KO. The thing about it is he's in a new weight class. He did fairly well. As a lightweight, he was 7-2. I mean, he was, yeah. he was doing fine, but, I, and it, but he missed the weight, you know, uh, against Crookshank. But you go into this division, you look at the top 10, and I'm like, you know, he's a player. 
He's a player in that top ten. I think he's going to be able to make he's some what, noise now, in there. Six and one in the seven fights since losing to Michael Chandler, yeah. I believe. So he's really turned it around. But now as a welterweight, you can see where the weight fits him well. He's, he's comfortable jacked, there. He's not cutting down. He's jacked. He can switch stances. We know he's got that sort of Machida karate-like base. We know he can do things on the ground. But to your point, to now having this variety on the feet to lure him in and then catch him with that uppercut, yeah. it was eye-opening, Chuck. Yes. And this division feels... I don't want to say it feels wide open because Yaroslav Amosov made a monster statement sure. taking it over, but he hasn't been back yet. Logan Surly got a controversial win over MVP, who's now in the bare knuckle circuit this Saturday. <laughs> uh, check your local listings. Yes. But there seems to be an opening here if you, for Yamuchi to make a run. He could. If you look at the broader, the bigger picture, I always like looking at these patterns of bigger yes. picture stuff. He wins three. This has been going on for years. He'll win three, kind of get up there a little bit, and lose one. He'll win three, lose one, win three, lose one. He won three again. Like, this is the length of this pattern. So you're saying now he needs to get over this hurdle, right? His next fight has to break that pattern. So you're saying he's, he's scheduled to lose next. <laughs> he's got a scheduled loss okay. coming up. Okay, come no, on. but uh, yeah. I, I do think that, seriously, in a, in a sense, like, he's built momentum in the past. This is probably the most visible he's been because I feel like this was a little bit more viral. People were looking at this. Yeah, look at it's that. Gonna look be at a, that shit over yeah, my shoulder. It's going to be a, uh, it'll be a... His next fight will be a big one for him. Might be the biggest of his career and he needs to get through that. You know? Belters, they're popping off left and right yeah. with these sort of guys you have to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and shout out to them for that. Uh, on this main card... Former women's flyweight champion, excuse me, Alima Lady McFarland. Uh, Chuck, it looked like we were kind of <laughs> questioning where she's going. She missed weight by four pounds, yeah. now three with the one-pound uh, extra limit. But she went in there against Bruna Allen, and it was not an easy task. A split decision win, a gritty, I thought, earned win. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, to see her this emotional and say, like, I didn't even know if I still had it or if I was going to walk away, does this give you confidence that she righted the wrong of a two-fight losing streak or that things are still kind of murky if she wasn't even sure she was going to no, still be... I think winning is a nice cure for this, right? <clears throat> There's a lot of it, like, lose... I, I think that she's one of those people who had some hype around her just being Hawaiian and, like, a lot of the stuff that was going on around. I, I remember the promotional push for her was a little bigger than you might see elsewhere. She's 11-0. I think she's cruising along. She looks good, you know, champion. Loses, you know, and then loses again. And I think it's that second <coughs> loss that then suddenly says... Do I even have this? Yeah. And then you miss weight. That was Justine Kish, the second fight. Yes. Right? And nobody yeah. even shit their pants. I mean, yeah. maybe Alima's performance. That's it. You know? <laughs> Forgot about that. But, uh, like, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of doubt. that goes. It shows you how much these, uh, how people struggle to maintain yeah. and, and show up and do these things. She misses weight. That was a bad look. I actually was sort of like, it's still a bad look. But you're like, you're like thinking in the way that she was talking, like, this might be it. Like, she might not. She might be checked out. But to get the victory, I'm hoping, and I have the feeling that the win will kind of get her I mean, rolling. She again. didn't fight badly. No. I mean, she she committed to her power shots. She was finding in a target with the chin with the right hand. But, it, you know, it wasn't flawless. It wasn't, oh, let's fight for the title tomorrow. She still got work to do to get back in here. But it was just interesting to see. I mean, that, there's a thin line between yeah. greatness and it all falling apart sure. when you get up high up in these levels. And, you know, she said afterwards, in regard to, to missing weight that badly, that you know, she, she identifies the problem. She didn't admit what it was, but, she, you know, right. th there was a major reason, it seems, in her camp why it was such a bad camp. Now can she put it behind her? I mean, she's still a player in her. I still want to see a rematch still with Velasquez. She's fairly young. I mean, she's Vel not like... She's, what, 31? Yeah, she's only in her young 30s. Velasquez isn't I mean, even the champion right. anymore. Now, you, now you've got uh, Liz Carmouche who slid in, in a... I mean, in, honestly... 
you know, she should beat Liz. I'm just saying, like, she should yeah. beat a person like Liz Carmouche. But Carmouche is tough, but I'm like, I feel like Alima was. I appreciated McFarland's honesty, though, afterwards. I always yeah. re- appreciate that to, to show, you know, where exactly she was. She wasn't yeah. sure. She wasn't sure. Yeah. She had to come out there and find out for yeah, herself. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she's back on track to some degree, so we're, we're happy for her. Uh, how much should we panic, though, about Mr. Van Sand? <laughs> Austin Vanderford uh, lost his title opportunity to Musasi badly in the first round, it fell apart. Now against the mulleted, one of three mulleteers on this card. <laughs> yeah, and it was a mullet Four, if you count Danny Brenner, by the way. Did you see the mullet? Oh, my He's God, no, I IG? did not. Whoa. Holy crap. Um, He's got Chuck, a mullet? Chuck, um, first round stoppage. Yeah. How, how eye-opening, how, how nervous should we be for Austin Vanderford? My first thought was... These types of things, <laughs> you see these relationships. I remember when when Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown start going out, right? Like all of a sudden, both their careers start to tank. I don't know That's what the point. hell happens, but Travis Brown from that moment went one in five, and then Ronda Rousey. I think she had a victory, and then she went and had her two two fight skid, and she's out. Sometimes that's what happens. So even though I'm proud of them for making uh, a successful offspring, Yana Kunitskaya and Maheta have not been going in the right direction since joining up. (laughs) Look into this. I feel like this is an actual thing. Rocky and Tisha? I mean, did it it go south after that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but this is, it's sort of like that because it's, there's, there are other dynamics in play. Like, you know, um, obviously Paige Van Zandt has a different kind of career going on. Um, It's an interesting thing. That's all. I I actually thought. These are two losses that are not. Indicative of his talent. True. That's and that's what this one was kind of surprising. The Musasi. I mean, like in that type of fight, you're like, well, I mean, he's going against a guy who's vastly more experienced. But in this one, you're like, I thought this was the rebound fight. So yes, I do think there's some. I don't know if it's panic, but there's certainly some red flags associated to that. You yeah, know? he's going to have to bounce back in a big way. Yeah. And, I, and I, look, I, I love interviewing him. He's a he's a, yeah, fun, he's a cool he's guy. He's a hard worker. He's a good fighter. And and and. It's just, it, it was eye-opening. Um, should we focus on Aaron Jeffrey moving forward? I mean, this was the biggest win to date by far for him. Um, it looks, I mean, look, these guys with the mullets. It's glorious, man. We're going to transition to another mullet man in a second, but um, that's a big win. He looked he looked yeah. poised. He looked, he looked deadly. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the way it should work. I don't know if we're in a new, like, an age where... You know, I, I feel like guys now know how to do the do the strut, do the look, yeah. win, win with it, and use the mic. I feel like we're seeing this more and more. But these dudes with the mullets, I don't know, they're just showing up and they're like well, kind of controlling the night. You know what I mean? Let's talk about who maybe made the biggest impact of the whole night on the undercard. Pat Downey. If you don't know, Luke had been hyping up this guy's signing. Yeah. Uh, wrestling's bad boy had sure. been on the elite level with uh, you know national teams with college, but has bounced around that because mullet. because what? He's a Lord. little bit of a wild card, a firecracker, sure. gets in fistfights outside of things. 32 years old, I believe, 33. Yeah. But um, he said afterwards, first round submission, what, 20-something seconds. It's not so much, Chuck, about it what looked, he did in this fight. exceedingly easy what he did. It looked very easy. What do you make, though, of his cocksure? And I, <laughs> and I say that because, look, Danny Sabatello seemed to come out of nowhere and be sure. like, the screen demands that he show up and deliver. I know he lost, but Danny's hey, like man, somebody to watch. It's timely. Because I feel like okay, so he 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 went he lost in the Olympic trials to Bo Nickel, who just had his big moment, uh, you know, in the Contender Series, and people are talking about him. Dude, you get the chance to go do this right on the heels of that. I'm like, take advantage of it. Isn't Bellator the perfect promotion for like finding these guys that like 100%. we're not? They're kind of TV fighters. We're not sure if they can cross over and be like, like yeah. you know, super legit. One hundred percent. I mean. 
I wish Bellator had made a bigger play for Bo Nickel. They, I don't yeah. think they made any play for Bo Nickel. But, I mean, that would have been – I feel like that was their wheelhouse, was to get a guy like Bo Nickel. But this is an, an awesome pickup for them, and I, I'm anxious to see kind of how far he can take it, man. I mean, he's uh, he's definitely a personality, like you said, a wild card. I, I think he's – look at that. We're going to see some more of that. Have you seen the shit? He was 80s-centric uh, all the way, but I enjoyed <laughs> it. Strongs, man. Uh, I do want to dead wrong myself ahead of Friday show. I butchered Friday. I don't know. My brain was in another landing strip, but uh, – it's coming up. It's going to be Usman, Usman Nurmagomedov fighting for the Bellator lightweight title against Patricky Pitbull. I had said it was Patricio at one division oh, down. Man, Obviously, Patricio's got a fight coming up. Uh, Patricio so, and Patricky, man, that's a tough one. Yeah, so I butchered that. I, I sounded like a simpleton, and nobody on the show <laughs> had my back to be like, hey, BC, just so you know, you got the wrong oh, Pitbull. Oh, man. Asshole. Just say Pitbull. It's easy. Topic number three, Chuck, took us to Cardiff, Wales. Uh, I hope you know that I'm an honorary uh, Welsh resident, not by really? birthright or, you know, just by choice. They've welcomed <laughs> me in, so I hope to reconvene with my people one day. PFL 8, and it was really, in the end, a, a showcase opportunity for what's left of Rory McDonald, and it turns yeah. out... Uh, he went in that other direction because late replacement Delano Taylor, who was coming off a defeat, but a 9-2 and two record replacing uh, Ulamat, Ulamatov, mm -hmm. who, who Luke said was going to plow through. Yes, well, he would have. This is the main event. It was a welterweight tournament semifinal. Chuck, we thought with the change in opponent, maybe this could open for Rory That's to have this glorious run. Dude, first round TKO. Afterwards, Rory would go to IG and, and would, would retire. It's like, wow, at age 33, here we are. Is it the right move at the right time based on what we saw? I think so. You know, the promo material going into this, too, was Taylor basically saying, you know, I'm going to fight a guy, a legend, a UFC guy who's made a, you know, he's a champion um, in Rory McDonald. But he's like, you know, but the truth is he's, he doesn't want to be in there anymore. He doesn't want to fight. That's a very weird thing to hear in a promo. But, but this is literally <laughs> the promo they were running. And so, like, you're, you're thinking, well, that's kind of funereal and up in the lead-up. And then he goes in that's there and he's... That's how he's been he's, fighting. Yes, yeah. and that is true. So I think from a rose-colored lens thing, you're like, maybe we'll see the Rory McDonald. Maybe he'll click it in. Maybe yeah. it matters more. Like he's getting this other opponent. And instead, he just looked like he was outclassed pretty quickly and slower and all that stuff. And then to get, you know taken out like that. Uh, it was kind of a continuation of his loss to Sadabusi in the final regular right. season match, where it was just like, exactly. when's Rory going to turn the corner? Right, that's back? what, and I feel like we're all all been stuck in that moment, right? Like, even, he had some good showings in Bellator, you know, but, like, ultimately, man, since he left the UFC, such I think his weird, record is 5-6-1. and one. I mean, he's just, Such a weird yeah, resume, considering the PFL. Look, true or false, he was supposed to be the next GSP, right? Yeah, well, kind you of know, yeah, through, that conversation was being had a lot. Yeah, yeah. when he was on his run, and you coming see, yeah. coming through what same trainer, same gym in yeah. Montreal TriStar, and then yeah, they were making way, right? Like, all right, here's our new. And guy. he came very close to the title level and, and fought in fights yeah. of the year, legendary brawls. Now, uh, was he never the same from the Lawler fight? Probably. But would true. you go even further and say, really, the turning point was ahead of the John Fitch fight when he had the religious conversion and suddenly was against mm. sort of the idea of hurting his opponents? I because, remember that though. That was a major red flag because but, yeah, and even though we saw resurgence. At, at various points in Bellator and PFL where it's like, okay, if he's can control a fight technically and go downhill yeah. the whole time, he can do it. He can be the he old warrior, but he's not going to fight. His whole career was just, it was a bizarre thing to cover, to be honest, because yeah. there were these ethical issues that he was having, and then sort of like he would turn into a wise man one minute and tell you like these things, and he had too much empathy sometimes where you're like, dude, you can't, where's all this coming from? But he's from, also you know? a psychopath but when then he gets he's in a, a war. Yeah. I mean, he's a dude who after that, uh, you know, after that Lawler brawl, the second thing, you know, UFC 189 was like, it was the happiest moment of my life. It was the craziest thing. And you're like, do you enjoy having like your face caved in? And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and he was like, 
He, he was sort of like, yeah, kind of, because it was, you know, <laughs> it was that kind of fight. Let me ask you an honest question. It was just a, it's a, it's a crazy career. And going back to UFC 111, or what, was it 131-111, it was when he fought Carlos Condit, where he's winning the fight and yes. he loses at yes. the very end. Just a, it's a bizarre career, they too. said weird, like the, 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 the Stephen Thompson lost yeah. when he was ahead of his contract. And then that was like, ending was kind of weird, yeah. yeah. Um, the level, ability-wise, and poise-wise at his best of the championship level. He's one of the greatest fight. I don't think he'll be in the top five of the greatest fighters to never win a UFC title, yeah. but there were points where he was right there. So to look back at how it fell apart, it's mind-blowing and how he was able to keep it afloat but not yeah. really and never really knowing exactly where he was. I do have a key question to ask Sure. You. I did one interview in my in my time with him. It just happened to work okay. out real. It was in person. It was for CBS Sports in New York City for Bellator. Sat down with him for 20 minutes. I largely was, it was before the Lima fight. Before the Lima rematch. Okay, because I, I think I did an interview around that same time. Just sorry. Okay, I think you were there. Actually, I might have been there with you because I remember they he, he, they took him to like some cafeteria. Yes. Or okay. Yes. All right, all right. Um, that's weird that you were there that day. Yeah. Um, I think we did the MMA beat together that day. Yeah, so that's what it was. I think anyway, we I remember fa essentially failing. I, I had ideas about I'm going to open them up like nobody else has. Right. I didn't feel the entire interview like I actually knew what was going on behind the eyeballs. Right. Meaning, is this guy like the like he kind of comes across as a stone cold killer, but then he also comes across as this like church going family man right. who's like, have you ever gotten a, a real handle of who he was? He's got like a. I mean, no. Like, he was the guy who was walking out to the UFC's music. Remember this? Without realizing he could pick his own walkout song. <laughs> so what was he walking out to? Face He was face? walking out to weird shit, and he was like, wait, I get to pick this? And he came out to Tool after that. Like, he came out to Tool. Which I think that was badass. Yeah, it was actually a really badass moment. <laughs> but uh, he he's just, he's like that. I, I interviewed him for a cover of Fight Magazine way back in that feature, and I went to his apartment in Montreal. And I, I remember thinking he was very young, but he was, remember, he was the kid who kind of came up under all the martial arts. So he's putting it all yes. together at once rather than a certain discipline. He came in in that period when the guys were like, all right, now we're going to train everything. And here's this young, complete right. fighter with a brain who's also tough as shit. Right, he was tough. Know? But he was also very weird because he would talk to him and he would talk very slow. And you couldn't you couldn't get like a gauge. I remember going in his car and he starts playing like some hardcore rap music. And I was like, dude, I would not have pegged you to be listening to this stuff. It's like everything was just would a you you, you would agree. You never quite got it. I could read. never really understand him. Hey, uh, Jake, would you mind uh, delivering our drinks? We did. Did you just rip one as you got up, or was that the? <laughs> that was the okay. You never know with this staff. I got to be honest. Jake von Amsterdam, everyone. Jake, don't be shy. Uh, getting us a little more caffeine. He's got his jets hat. This would break a record for, see the jets for, hat. for most caffeine consumed <laughs> in one one day of programming here. Wow, look so. at that. Ice cold too, because the air conditioning has been shut off in here. By the way. Oh yeah, that cools me down wonderfully. There we oh, go. Oh yeah. Um, Okay, how do you sort of, you know, if your wife goes, Rory McDonald, who the hell's that? What did he mean to me? How do you describe That's that to a That's going to be a, a tough to one, a too, because he wasn't even the penultimate guy. It wasn't like he was Michael Bisping, who was lived on the cusp before he broke through. Even if you, before Michael Bisping broke through, if you tried to describe his career, you'd be like, well, he was always the runner-up. He was the, you know, yep. he was the guy who never quite got. Rory was also, he was just weird. I think, ultimately, I would point to the, he had the, one of the best fights I've ever watched. And that would give you that would give you the idea of exactly who he is, and that would be that Lawler too. Even though he, he sold lost, out for yes. that fight. He, I mean, he put. I feel it like all. you guys say they're willing to die, and I'm like, when they were staring at each other between the fourth and fifth rounds, getting goosebumps. Yeah, it's like it's great. Dude. But when then they 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 had that moment, it was like one of those moments. You're like, no, these guys are willing to die. I mean, like, and I think they altered each other permanently. A hundred percent. I mean, who was Lawler's next fight? Tyron Woodley. Um. I think he may have had one war in between there, but yes, it was like in that because he went through like multiple wars. He was all to personally altering guys. Like he had like three fights where I was like, 
He's changed that man, you know? And of course, Robbie over the time, too. But if you go, okay, who did he beat in his career? You're like, he's got wins over Nate Diaz, BJ Penn, Jake Ellenberger, Demian Maya, Tyron Woodley, Tariq Safadine, Paul Daly, yeah. Douglas Lima. I mean, that doesn't suck right there. No, it doesn't suck. But, especially at the time when he's fighting. Sometimes you look at Woodley, I feel like people forget what a beast Woodley absolutely. was and you know, stuff like that. Like, he, when he was fighting these guys, they were still very much up there. Why does Luke Thomas not understand that Lawler versus McDonald is a better fight than Lawler versus Conor? Why can't he get that through his what? thick skull? He doesn't really argue that, does he? Oh, he argues that all the time, vehemently. Wow. I don't know. To me, that was one of the greatest, like, it's spectacle moments. Like, watching a fight. Some people try to say, oh, it started too slow. It wasn't crazy till it got crazy. Well, it got fucking crazy, okay? Well, <laughs> right? the fact that it gets crazy, you go back and watch it differently, don't you? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I gotta, Some I gotta... movies start slow. The Exorcist starts slow, but then pretty soon there's a girl, like, spinning yeah. her head around the bed. You Million know? Dollar Baby starts pretty decent, and then goes fucking <laughs> off the side of the road, and people are dying. It's great. Um, what were we in? We were talking PFL. Um, we were talking Red King. Uh, yeah. It's bittersweet, though. He sh it's the right time to walk away, but it's, like, never quite... I wonder, too, Did he because, peak? I mean, did well, he never quite figure it? I don't know if he ever peaked. See, this is yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know how I'd fully describe him, because... He may walk away and be one of those guys who says, you know what, I figured something out and come back. Because, honestly, I think he would have done the thing where he takes off his gloves. and so If it had really occurred to yeah. him that if I get my ass kicked in this one, I'm done. I think it really occurred to him when he got backstage or whatever, but, and he allowed himself to think about it. And it also could be somewhat of an emotional thing. You don't know. My thing is he hasn't looked very good. Um, I would really don't want to see him come back, yeah. but I'm saying he might be one of those candidates. He's not that old. Well, once but in he lost fighter like, years, he's old. You know, he's been fighting since he was a teenager. And, what, and it's dangerous when you lose the killer instinct. That's why back after the John Fitch fight, I was saying, look, like we might be overlooking the fact that he should walk away because yeah. something monumental changed. I mean, maybe it was Chuck, and we're being real Monday morning quarterback cycle analysis no. here, but maybe it was he knows how. He knows that that version of him against Robbie Lawler, he knows that he can be that guy, yeah. but he doesn't probably necessarily Maybe love and being he that guy. That, those depths, those depths are pretty far. You know, I remember it, talking about looking in the mirror after that, his, just his kind of fascination with looking at his own face in the mirror. Especially like, if you, you, know, you get deeper into your faith and you sort of, yeah, yeah. May, maybe that's not the person he wants to be, but talent but allowed him talk, to hang when around. When you talked to him at the Douglas Newman, wasn't he talking a lot? Like, he was very, like he had, yeah. He was very serene, almost zen-like. He's like, I found happiness, you know. He's speaking in low tones. But he didn't get any of my jokes or any, like, no, I was like, man, the... you're you're a hard book to figure out. You're already, he goes, what are you talking about? Nothing Why do you say you that? You can't drag them out. Like, you need to drag them out. You want to see the raw version of themselves. Damn. Uh, the finals in the welterweight bracket, which has lost a lot of sex appeals. Now, Sadabusi, who got the win, <laughs> yeah. uh, a gritty win to, over Carlos Leal to get to this point, why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Already has a victory over Rory. I like a lot of Sadabusi can switch stances yeah. with that long jab yeah, from the outside. Long. But there's times when you're like, man, you got to throw more. You've got to be. Yeah, he seems holstered. Yeah. I mean, Leal was walking that, I mean, him the, down. The, the range, he, it always seems like he's got like a, a major. When he's at his best, he's, he's very good. And when yeah. Rory was the right dance partner for him to walk him down, it, he looked great. Yeah. Leal was the one that was coming back on him. He able, he gets a close win. Now we see if Delano Taylor can, can yeah. double down, which is weird. So let me ask you this. 
Anthony Pettis came in with big fanfare two yeah. seasons, didn't have the success we thought. Roy McDonald came in with big fanfare, didn't have the success we thought two seasons. Um, Jeremy Stevens made the leap over, sure. didn't have success. Is PFL the wrong place for a <laughs> second half UFC a free fairly agent? Fairly lively dangling carrot they've got going on I there mean, with a million dollars. You know, you things. can come in the idea is, well, it's lesser competition, but in some cases it's not lesser competition. It's not. And I think that that's kind of the weird thing. We were talking about Demetrius about this. Like, sometimes you can't delude yourself. I think sometimes the guys in the UFC, they're like, you know, it'd be an easy, it's an easy million dollars I can go make. Not that easy. It has proven not to be that easy. And these guys are hungry, man. You know, these guys who are, don't have names, they have a chip on their shoulder, they're going against a guy who now is their Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, Anthony Pettis, uh, who's the caddy just, uh, just beat him twice in a row? Steve Ray. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, I know he had a stint in the UFC, but... Yeah. This is his moment. He was going to walk away. He was almost done. Now he gets a chance to do this. I mean, these, these guys have a major platform, and they're this close. To a so million bucks. It, I mean, they're, they're not paying it. a million bucks at this point in the UFC when yeah. you're that age. You know. There's I mean, Taylor particularly is just such a house money thing, yeah. and then it's like you're kind of re-thrown into a lottery, man. And it's like he's all of a sudden like, hey, I could make a million dollars, and I wasn't even playing, you know? Indeed, indeed. Uh, the heavyweight division also saw a little bit of turnover. Bruno Capeloza, the defending champion, First, he had a defeat to Marcus Scheffel that he pulled out of the tournament with injury. There was another pullout, so Juan Adams had to come in and face yeah. anti, or face, I'm sorry, uh, Mateus Scheffel. Ante Delia defeated uh, the six foot eight Henan Ferreira. So now we've got a heavyweight final. Ante Delia, who's six foot seven, got Crow <laughs> Cop in his corner. Jesus. Big puncher goes after. He lost in the finals last year to Capaloza. I love the Crow in, Cop. And arguably the best fight we've seen for PFL yeah. heavyweights. Now he's against the upset-minded Scheffel, who's looked good, man. He brought yeah. the fight to Bruno Capaloza. Brought the fight to Juan Adams, too, and knocked him yeah. the hell out. Beat Campbell who also beat <laughs> the reversal. It's like, it's, it's like it's, one of those math things. I have no here. idea. But it's, it's actually not the worst. If, if Juan Adams has snuck in there and somehow did it, that would have been bad news, I think. For Didn't the Greg Hardy knock him out? Well, my favorite column I ever wrote was after that fight because he went for the single leg and just got obliterated with elbows and then like yeah. t knocked out on the Everyone ground. Everyone knows if you're going to reach for the high crotch, you got to run that pipe a little yes. bit. You know, you everyone knows that. Everybody, Everybody knows that, man. All right, PFL, thank you. We'll put you in the bag. Uh, also, some boxing from over the weekend. Topic number four took us to Las Vegas. The takeover became the take back as former undisputed lightweight champion Teofimo Lopez Jr. moved up to 140. First fight in nine months since eight months since a tumultuous, not only the loss to George Cambosis, but the medical issues, the divorce, the issues with promoters and networks, the mental health challenges. I mean, Teofimo, for a guy who just turned 25, had been through it all. Nobody was believing that Pedro Campo was per se, world-class competition. But Chuck, not only did he go in there and did what he had to do in getting the late stoppage, Teo was the showman yeah. that we all knew. I have seen polarizing reactions from the boxing hardcore. People <laughs> really? like, oh, he's back, baby. Let's put him in there with Josh Taylor or Ron Garcia yeah. to people going, man, he got hit a lot against a guy who was big, was rugged, but can't really punch in Pedro Campa. From you, and I know you're not a diehard boxing guy, but you know what's going on in general. What, what, did, what did you see from Teo? Good, bad, a little, both? What I mean, he's a new weight class coming back. He's only fought, what, once in, what, 22 months? Yes. And that was, I mean, like, you think about that and also the medical issue you mentioned, which, you know, is actually crazy. I can't even think of the equivalent of that in an MMA fight where you, people are like, you could have died, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just a Like, you should have thing. died, actually, yeah. So, given all of that, I thought he looked very good. You know what I mean? I have to agree with you. It's like, you're in a new weight class. And he, he wasn't... It's funny, too. We were just talking about the PFL, the guys who are hungry. I don't know how boxing does this sometimes, but this guy... 
Campbell was not even on any of the promo material. Like all of the, it was like you would think that it was just one guy showing up and like raising it's his boxing belt. normally. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was like it was hilarious that the guy was just had no share in the promotional material. And so he's also like what thirty-four and one. Like I know he's not fighting the best competition. Never fought outside of Mexico. Right. So it's like one of those situations. You're like, I don't know. This guy could be better than you realize. Well, so, okay. It wasn't it was a, look, times. It, it wasn't a okay. perfect night at the office. Meaning Teofimo. Let's give Camp a credit. He took a good yeah. punch. I think what we learned here is it's weird. Teofimo was considered a large lightweight, and he always had problems making weight. So him moving up was inevitable. Maybe he picked the right time just to put the lightweight happenings behind him, start a new chapter. It wasn't perfect. He got hit. He got hit by a guy who was slow in, in Campa but has a good chin and was big in there. But I think we realized, Chuck, that moving forward at 140, when Teofimo does face better competition, he's going to have to fight his way out of these fights, yeah. I think. Did you see that size difference was kind of legit? Size difference is there. And, I mean, obviously, we were talking about this a little bit before. Some of the dudes he would have to encounter. You know, I mean, like, that's, look, uh, it might be tempting. That chin is pretty tempting and the, all of that stuff if he's not carrying the same power. There were shots he hit Campa with that I'm like, you would expect right. the guy to go down, and he wasn't going down. So yeah. was it just a... That's an interesting... Was thing. he fighting a, a, the zo a zombie on the right night yeah. and finally figured out a way to stop him, or is his power really not going to make Although that, that leap? that first knockdown was pretty... The way he kind of sat down and, like, shook his head, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt that I mean, look, I, the reason why I thought Teofimo, yeah. overall, this is a plus, because, look, he conquered a, a major mental hurdle getting back here and doing this and winning it and taking punches and all that. But, like, he was back to showman mode. Yeah. And to me, that shows that, like, he was feeling... I know people are like, oh, the dad getting in the camera. Like, dude, that's who they are. That's who yeah. the fuck they are. They're, they're crazy, and they're not hiding. It's like, I feel like Teofimo on the rise up, Chuck, was trying so hard to show people that, yeah, my dad's crazy and out of control, yeah. but I'm young, and I got this. Yeah. Then we found out last year he doesn't got this anymore. Right. I think him and his dad, whether you like it or not or whether you have confidence in their future, are pretty much going, this is who we are, and we're just going to be who hey, we man. are, and like, maybe that's the best he's way. 25 years old. And at 25 years old, like you said, he's already lived enough life. I sometimes think with boxers, so people in the fight game, they go through so much adversity early. Yeah. They can turn into something completely monstrous as they go forward because they oh, yeah. have that wisdom, they have that experience. They've already kind of dealt with, you know, the bullshit that they're going to have to deal with. It's a, it's an interesting situation he's in, man. I mean, but he's still future, dynamic as shit, dude, though. The future is so big for But that did you kid. see, I mean, there was he put a, together some punches and combinations yeah. that you're like, there are, I, I asked Roy Jones Jr. on my old podcast, you know, who is the one fighter that reminds you of Roy Jones Jr.? He's like, maybe Teofimo and nobody else. You How know, long like, ago would he say that? That was about three years ago. Wow. And it's like, that's the ultimate compliment because he can still do freak-like athletic things and surprise you with punches. I thought, you know, even in that loss to Cambosis, he showed a warrior's mentality that he doesn't get credit for because of the comments he made about kind of sounding crazy afterwards. If you could book him against anybody. Well, here's the deal. Next. What would you do? Let's talk about this, because there's an elephant in that room in yes. Las Vegas, and that was Oscar De La Hoya, the Golden yes. Boy promoter who promotes Ryan Garcia. It seemed like, so he was there as a guest of Teofimo, which always shows, by the way, that Team Takeover, Teofimo Sr. and Jr., <laughs> are always one step ahead yes. setting up the next thing, so you got to give him that credit. They're bringing an out-of-network rival here, but I think everyone realizes this. Ryan Garcia is hungry to make a big fight. There's some talk, could it be Tank Davis on a crossover level? Could it now be Teofimo? I think if you're Bob Arum and company, maybe that's the reason why he was interviewed. I was surprised on the ESPN broadcast yeah. that they brought the mic to De La Hoya, who I get is a Hall of Famer. He's also a rival promoter on another network. So complicated and we're like, boxing, man. What do you think? Can we make a Ryan Garcia fight? So look, it's, is it more likely that Teo stays in-house at 140? Yes. Top rank and ESPN also have access to Josh Taylor, who's still, sure. even though he got stripped of two belts, is still the recognized champion. Jack Catterall, who almost upset him. 
You got Regis Progre, who you have easy access to. You got former champion Jose Ramirez. You got Jose Zapata, who's a big action fighter. There's plenty of fun fights to make. But sometimes you get these windows where a perfect two yeah. network sexy crossover fight, if you can make it, you don't run from it. If you're asking me, BC, how realistic is to close this year Teofimo versus Ryan Garcia? In theory, not realistic at all. We've got <laughs> rival promoters, rival networks, and for you for there to be a two network pay-per-view, yeah. it's typically gotta be Mayweather Pacquiao, right. Klitschko Joshua, even God, Fury Wilder. But here's the deal. Ryan Garcia's got seven, eight million yeah. Instagram followers. Teo That's wants... what I'm saying. Is it bigger than we realize? Like, I honestly think that both guys, because, you know, I'm an MMA guy who pays attention peripherally to this stuff, but I feel like both those guys have been hammered, like, media-wise, and I feel like a lot of people are paying attention to them. It feels like they're bigger than they've ever been to me. So I, I like that there seems to be an aggressive want for this next generation of young talent to, to not miss out, to not have to yeah. do the Mayweather Pacquiao or Spence Crawford where we're waiting right. three, four, five years to make it happen now. I was thinking about this. Why would ESPN be so willing to entertain this? Because I think people still look at Ryan Garcia and say, yes, he's dynamic. Right. Yes, he's got a big fan base. He's offensively skilled. But people see the vulnerability. They see a potential avenue to stop him if you get him into a war. I wonder if that would be Set worth, before he gets that first loss, to you know do a, <laughs> yeah. a joint, a double. I mean, can DAZN and ESPN work together? Crazier things have happened, you know? I mean, DAZN don't work with people, man. Come on. Can Tank Davis get in this picture? I mean, how realistic is Garcia Davis? I hope we see one combination to close this year, of course, of these young studs yeah. that are all seemingly moving up in weight at the same time to face each other. Um, yeah. The fact that we, I think the best thing about this for Teofimo, it's a successful comeback. But it wasn't perfect. There's still questions to be answered about going to the next level. So if it was Teofimo versus Ryan Garcia, the fact that we 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 know we don't know more than we actually know right, right. Yeah, about how good true. they are, and that's the best buildup for a and great fight. Dude, I don't know how you felt about this, but so many times when a Teofimo's fighting like or something like this, it coincides. And if you if you have to choose, I have to watch MMA. This was perfect because you had that San Diego event, which ended just in time for the uh, the boxing card. I was able to watch all of that, and I think that that. Might might have been a nice little push, ESPN. You yeah. know what I mean? I felt like he was getting... I felt like a lot of people were watching it. I agree with not that. Been, you know? I agree with that. And and that shows you that there is certainly value in that connection with, yeah. you know, pushing the UFC but putting top rank right along with yep. it and PFL and all that. I mean, interesting. Uh, on that co-main event, quickly, Chuck, 19-year-old Xander Zayas. Rashad yeah. was on Friday's show. He said, look, I've been seeing this kid in yeah. South Florida gyms for a long time. He's 19 years old. He's from Puerto Rico. Good, he, now, look, I'm not going to ask you the type of intrinsic, deep knowledge questions that you may not know, <laughs> but from watching him, does he look like future star to you? I know it, Yes. It, yes, I mean, he looked like he was handling the situation just fine. And honestly, man, he carries himself... He carries himself like somebody who's... He's, he doesn't look 19. No. When a guy has that kind of, like feel to him at 19 years old, yes, you're paying attention. Did you see this, the slow motion of some of these knockdowns and eventually the yeah. knockout that he had? It's just sort of next level where I'm putting this punch out here just to kind of move you in the direction yeah. of the one that's coming after yeah. it. This kid's really smart. Chuck, there is an opening for a next great Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican superstar, and that's a position that, that's you know... That's a big-time thing. That, that's I mean, such a tradition over there. That island will bang the drum for yeah. you globally, and, and you know, I, let's see if he can get there. It, it was interesting to see. All right, our fifth topic was supposed to be and still will be a look ahead what is to be a loaded weekend coming attractions. This on paper is a crazy Saturday. Just a feel <laughs> of what we got going on here. Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk part two for the unified heavyweight title. A UFC 278 pay-per-view from Salt Lake City. BKFC London with Michael Venom Page against, against Mike Perry. And also Showtime Championship Boxing 
a quadruple header starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Saturday night from South Florida. That was supposed to be the return of Adrian Broner. Breaking news this morning, per an Instagram post on Broner's own account, he has pulled himself from the fight, citing mental health reasons. We'll read that in a second. The fallout here is the card will go on. They're currently in the process of uh, very shortly announcing the replacement opponent for Omar Figueroa Jr., who's making his own comeback from time away and his own mental health journey for this fight. Uh, it's still going to happen, but this so close, Chuck, is certainly an eye-opener. Also because, look, Broner's been out of the ring a long time. There's always craziness about him. I don't know if you remember the start of this promotion. He was on a, a Zoom sort of press conference, and he mm -hmm. swore off Al Heyman and Showtime and walked away from it and then ended up coming back the next day. But it's been wild. Before we get a reaction here, can we throw to the uh, to the post that, that Adrian put out just this morning? Can we blow it up, please? Uh, man, I'm going through a lot at this moment. There we go. Uh, but I ain't no. I, I ain't gonna give up. I set more goals and I ain't stopping until I finish what I started. Sorry to say this, but I'm not fighting August 20th. He would go on to say that the mental health battle is real. He's watched a lot of people die while playing with their boxing career, and that's something that he won't do. Pray for me. I'll be back. See you all soon, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Chuck, um, Omar Figueroa Jr., who I mentioned, right. also having his own, uh, for the first time, publicized battle back for mental health. Didn't take this excuse. <laughs> Didn't seem to be buying it. Uh, buying it. Can we go to that IG post? Where he's essentially saying, hashtag show me the receipts. Here's Omar in response. Uh, as you know, my fight against that MF or Broner is off. I don't mind because this is something we expected, so we had plans in motion to mitigate. But what really pisses me off now is this MFR wants to use mental health as a fucking excuse. That I have a problem Jesus. with. He would go on to essentially send him to hell and say, show us the proof that you've sought out professional uh, help. Uh, crazy, Chuck, yeah, this is a crazy situation. I'm not going to ask you whether you think <laughs> Omar's on to something here, but look, you know about Broner's yeah. highs and lows of his career. I guess we should... Be praising him, right? I mean, we do this when, when Danny Garcia two weeks ago comes out and cries afterwards and shows his mental health. This is a real thing yes. affecting a lot of these warriors. I'd rather have Broner know this ahead of time, but it's bizarre just the it same. It is bizarre. It's so tough because I've said this before when we've heard of mental health, and obviously you want, there, there should be a complete understanding of people going through issues or if you have a history of that. It's the hardest thing. It's like your, your mind and it like, you know what I mean? Like your mind and spirit and what you're doing with yourself and like your thoughts and how you're controlling that. If you're seeing, you know, you just don't know though. It's one of those things that like if he did have a bad camp or something like that, that you could just make this excuse, right? Like and sure. I feel like that that's what, you know, that's the line. It's the skepticism. And you have a guy... Um, who's going against? I hopefully, actually, hopefully make that fight at some point because now that now this is an actual blood like now there's a real feud going on here, but it's a, it's a tough situation. I personally don't want to blame Broner if he's going through something like yep. that. I don't want him going in there, man, because if, if he went in there, something really bad happened, and he well, says it afterwards. That's a that's a problem no too. No doubt, and part of the disappointment of what has been the second half of his career, when things have been so up and down, in and outside the ring, a lot of arrests, a lot of bad headlines, was that some of these performances would be flat. You know, would go in there against Manny Pacquiao, and once he realized yeah. that he wasn't going to get over the top, or against Mikey Garcia, right. you sort of just see an autopilot. Ab, that's the worst place for a combat sports athlete to be, true. where they don't want to be there so in this regard i'm gonna praise ab but with all the other stuff going on i, I get the disappointment <laughs> in omar figueroa even if he was very harsh in that i still don't know what to say look adrian broner is the ultimate nine lives fighter where the talent 
Whether you love him or hate him, the talent is still there. He's only 33 years old. He's shown a major league chin when he's committed. He's shown even in the second half of his career, think of the Jesse Vargas fight. He'll get in fun TV brawls and give it his all. He's tough, too, because we were talking about Roy McDonald, but like, and we mentioned this before, too, like, but his, his four weight class, you know, four championships... Will he be a Hall of Famer? I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, a so little different. So he claimed in that post that I could never fight That's again. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, I, I was like, I read that part, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not so sure. So it's like, but. He, yes, technically he's a four-division champion, but this is this era of vacant titles and floated belts. He he only yeah. beat, you know, he has a lot of vacant title victories. You know, the Pauli Malignaggi one was a split decision. Right. Like, does he have yeah, a history it's not of, real definitive. When he steps up, does he have a history of being these right. guys? No, he doesn't. And that's the reality right. of sort of an underachieving career when you consider he was the next Floyd in every category right. for, for a season, right? That yeah, was what it, yeah. whether that's fair or not. Um, I want what's best for AB. I, yeah. For some reason, Chuck, I, I, can, I can't turn on him. Yeah. He's entertaining. I always know that there is talent in there that's waiting to jump out if he could Find his why. Find that reason to give it all. He hasn't had that reason in a while. Yeah. So, um, well, it's, it'll be interesting now to see kind of what happens. I absolutely. mean, honestly, you never know what goes on with people, man. That's a tough spot. It's a tough thing. It is. And we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, Lima earlier, and you're like, I think people change over time. Rory, all these people, like over time, it becomes tougher and tougher to process, tougher and tougher to get up for something like this. Danny Garcia was saying, yeah. like, you know, he lost to Errol Spence on pay-per-view, and then he kind of went in this, like, who am I phase? Yeah. Like, what what am I? Like, I got this money. I'm doing well, but, like, scary. do when I still have people lose that want? shit, like, you talk to fighters all the time, and when they start to lose that and they yeah. get in there anyway, it is usually it's usually not good things So, happen. look, nobody wants a far card yeah. to fall apart. Luckily, the card's going to stay on. New opponent coming for Omar Figueroa Jr. Still a four-fight card, 8 p.m. Eastern, Saturday from Hollywood, Florida, only on Showtime. Is still going to be working this card? I think so in some form. Uh, I'm supposed to be calling the prelims, but Brandon Lee is also on this main card, up-and-coming slugger who's who's had some big moments on his rise. Uh, Chuck, the whole point of this Topic 5 coming attractions, though, let's still look at it. An absolutely loaded weekend. Give me one fight from... From you know BKFC oh, to UFC pay-per-view to championship boxing, what's the one fight as a fan you're most dialed into and why? I mean, the heavyweight boxing fight is going to be up there. I, I that's I love the heavyweight division. Like I love that we're watching heavyweights again. It feels like the 1970s. It feels classic, yeah. It's like when you revisit and you look back at all that stuff, man. It, it feels awesome that way. But I would probably just go with the main event for the UFC. Okay. I just think that the Kamaru Usman, like I feel like he's this close to being that guy now. Of being like you're talking about really like goat ship almost goat. yeah like where he's that close and I think if he you're going against a guy with what nine fights in a row in, uh, in Edwards I, I nine feel like, one one in so last ten. just to do it again and I feel like that's what he's saying you know I'm, not only am I beating these guys I'm beating them again yeah and or sorry not, the, nine and zero oh with a, no contest right last ten so. yes yeah, so, but but like if he's able to do this again I feel like we can start having that conversation for real I mean if we're gonna ties Anderson Silva I, I there's I mean, and also if Leon's big chance Salt Lake City this is it doesn't get bigger than that and it does set up if he's gonna have a chance to break that record of most consecutive wins do you want him to come against Hamza Chamay potentially which is look, you know if he's got to fight Nate Diaz dude, first what a huge but, but isn't this looked is. at as the, the the final mountain it's like Kamaru's already like man I want to move up maybe I'll go to two or five and that does intrigue me, but you got to climb this last mountain in front of you that's named Hamza Chemaev, you know? So I think that that's what's great about it, though, because if he gets that 16th win, now we're going to have that discussion. It will, the UFC will latch onto this, we'll be talking about yeah. it, but the fact that there's a killer behind that waiting. It's it's like when Chris Weidman was going to fight Anderson Silva, he had that feeling, but this is like times five. 
with Hamzad, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's uh, the way he's looked. The, so it's like uh, the buzz on this is that's it's going to be amazing, man. Um, similarly, and, and to some degree, I'm, I'm going to pick obviously the heavyweight championship fight that's going to go down in. Uh, where is it? Jeddah, Saudi Arabia? Yeah. It's the Red River Bell, something like that. The, I don't know. I'm just shocked this even happened. But here's the deal. It's royalty. Okay, it's going to be a giant site fee. That's why they're going there for this rematch. But the royalty, the classic feel, a heavyweight championship, these two feel like classic heavyweights. Yes, Usyk was masterful in that first fight. You can watch the rewatch Luke and I did and sort of go back and, and you know we try to break down what he was doing so beautifully. But here's the point. Anthony Joshua is always going to be vulnerable. But he's had an ability to bounce back. Did I love Anthony Joshua's performance in the rematch with Andy Ruiz? No, he was a little bit too safe. But he's had this ability to get yeah. out of trouble, right the wrong, got up against Klitschko. The thing that has made Anthony Joshua so fun is that he's still a little bit raw and unfinished. He's got a new trainer, Robert Garcia. This could be a completely different fight yeah. if Joshua commits to being the aggressor, goes to the body, is willing to take big punches and throw back. Anything can happen in this fight. And you talk about why you love the Usman Edwards rematches because there's another guy behind that door. In this one, yeah. there's Tyson Fury, right, exactly. the other guy behind that again, door. He's gone. He was every away. other hour. <laughs> I mean, come on. At this point, if you're, I remember when Ariel broke, broke uh, a year and a half ago, another one of these Fury on board today. So I retire. I remember thinking, yeah. like, somebody needs to tell him this is this happens all the time. If you're if you're an editor and you're still. I love great, how it was not even news this time. It was just a little thing. Well, there's still ESPN some people that are greenlighting stories being written. Tyson Fury again retired today. It's like, okay, like, at what point do we. <laughs> anyway, the whole point is this we've never had a four belt undisputed yeah. heavy champion um there's some fear that if Usyk wins would fury be suddenly uninterested and want to be boxing against actors or doing wwe oh, it's man. possible fury's all over the place but we are one step closer with this fight saturday to having one face one division one name one champion at heavyweight which is the dream if you're if you're a fan that lived through the klitschko era again never a disrespect to the brothers it's just that era was so barren of talent there were no did big you think fights. we'd see this i mean honestly like the Usyk with the whole ukrainian Everything that was going down. No. I did not you know, think I mean, that I was, So I picked this. the Usyk upset in the first one. I, yeah. I knew that could happen. But, yeah, with everything going on in the conflict. I just didn't even think they'd get this. We're back. Yeah. And um, this is going to be an uphill climb for Usyk, as was the first one. And I and I, I can't wait for it. I mean, look, there's no, I mean, there's there's boxing and there's heavyweight boxing. That's an old, an old idiom. You're taking Joshua this But it's true. I, I haven't gone. I'm, I'm yeah. back and forth. When is your? When did the? When did you guys do this replay? Is it already up? It's already up. Right, yeah. I have to check this. Oh, out. thanks, Chuck. Yeah, for, of course. For, you know, patronizing our, our content Patrons, right yes. there. But um, also, uh, Jose Aldo, Marab, Davila. That's a great one. This division on fire. That's you didn't mention is, Luke Rockhold. Like, is as good. Well, I'm interested. Let's see if he likes the yeah. vino. You know, he's going yeah. in there against a a, uh, a wine provocateur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> should be sideways part two come uh, Saturday evening. All right, Chuck. That is it for our five topics this week. Let's get on to the fun shit now. Now we do some of the weird fun shit. We give our viewers every Sunday night a chance to ask the questions and get their voice heard. Uh, we put an Instagram post out at Morning Combat asking for you, the listener, what do you want to hear us talk about? It's called DMs from Dogs. <laughs> Love this. Have graphic. you seen this shit? No, it's called DMs from Donks, guys. There we go. Uh, All right. Hee haw. Hee haw. Hee haw. Okay. Let me, I'm just, you know. Just mixing drinks over here. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's mostly ice there at this point, fella. Yeah. All right. Our first question coming from who? Let's slide it in. Let's let's see it. This is from at Pat McCann thirty four with a recent retirement. Didn't we we didn't we ditch this question? What's going on in the back room? We we got, uh, <laughs> got the does Delta Nines arrive yet or what? What's going on here? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the second one, please. I don't have anybody in my ear. 
All right, I'll stop eating ice on camera. From uh, <laughs> Nysly R91, great handle. That's that's very it just comes off the tongue so easily. <laughs> what would have happened to the UFC if Hoist Gracie would have lost that UFC one? Would it have made a difference oh, in the God. continuing of the sport? Chuck, I love asking this question, but about Ronda Rousey versus right. Liz Carmouche, if she had finished that. I said the same thing, and I actually think that they're fairly similar. I'm not sure with Carmouche, her task was to bring down everything that the women had fought for to that point, right? Like, if she wins, Back you destroy, to the kitchen. Yeah, you I mean, destroy just, everything that the women have been right. trying to fight. So in some ways, it... She, would she it, have, though, or would they have just rematched it and Ronda would have won? You well, never know. I'm sure they would have tried to do something like that, but it, it, it had that kind of feel, like yeah. if, if Carmouche wins, what a disaster for everyone. I don't know exactly, but I do believe that the Hoist Gracie, the way he did it now, it's, it was captivating to the imagination Jiu-Jitsu blew up in the 90s because of this. Everybody had a Jiu-Jitsu school. Suddenly, the martial arts, when every, anybody when anybody was referring to it, you think, well, Jiu-Jitsu kind of trumps all of this stuff. Now, it was created this is, in a garage in Torrance, as far and, as I and, know. And right? it was like, yeah, and you're like, this is a guy who weighs, you know, 100 pounds less, whatever it is, than a 200, you know, it didn't matter the size, he was able to do this. That was a huge impact, because if you remember going into this, and not everybody was watching in 1993, but going into it, there was Chuck Norris movies, or there was like uh, Van Damme movies, and people, they would kind of have the concept, what happens if this guy's fighting, yeah. you know, these different styles, Karate Kid, you know, these different guys doing it. You weren't sure what would happen. I think he put the first definitive key, like this is what trumps everything right now. And it was huge. I it's mean, almost unquantifiable. So I don't know if a wrestler had went in there and just slammed him, or if the karate guy had got over. What would the world look like? I don't know it's what that weird. would look like. It's weird on a couple phases. One, the current UFC posts, you know, Zufa doesn't tend to memorialize, romanticize the yeah. early SEG days. Maybe rightfully so, but they right. tend they, to just they ignore do it. Steer clear. Then within that, you have different camps, whether you're Art Davey or you whoever that think they founded it. Right. But is the biggest narrative that we've come out of that, the fact that UFC was created to showcase this jiu-jitsu. So this is a legitimate That's, question of, you know, and they purposely picked Hoist because he up, looked, man. you know, wiry. It's just like with, uh, with Ronda. It's a, it's a good comparison because with Ronda, there, I saw a stat once where it was like, they're talking about all the girls that then entered into classes and stuff yeah. across the country. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Across the world probably. But I'm like, it's just, it had that kind of impact. I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu became a thing. And it's like, it's very difficult to imagine if he hadn't done that. I'm not sure where the, I'm not sure there would be a UFC. I don't know. It's a f it shows so you. So many of the early practitioners for the next decade were Brazilian jiu jitsu guys. They were the, right. still the dudes who perpetuated the whole King thing. Of the you know? streets, Marco Huas. What a badass. Oh, man. Yeah. God, what a badass. Um, no, but it, it does beg that question because, like, the UFC's story is already crazy enough. Even po even after the Zufa acquisition and their hemorrhaging money, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it took Bonner, Griffin, one. I mean, like, there's so many key points that it needed yes, to keep going and get to that point. That's wild. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next question if we're here, if we can, Gaff, from another donk. At Cubby's Fan 80, yes. What are the top three bands that you've seen the most in concert, and what is the count on how many times for each? Chuck, is there, you know, because if Man. you're a Fish fan or a Dead or no, I never even did Dave that. Matthews, you, you tend to have a working number. This is my 34th show, you See, know? See, I never, I've never had one of those bands. Have you? I've never had a band that I've seen more than maybe a handful of times. I've never, I don't have double digits I've for seen any band. Both Wilco and My Morning Jacket, uh, this, you know, modern 2000s. Um, what are, they, what are we calling this? I mean, at first it kind of was born out of alternative country, but really it's just indie, indie music, oh, yeah. really. I've seen them each probably about seven or eight times yeah. seen all Wilco over the times. country. Wilco's an awesome show. Wilco's, and I've seen some incredible shows. Yeah. Um, the best concert I've ever seen, and I know this isn't exactly this question, uh, I'm not even a huge Black Crows guy, but I saw them wow. New Year's Eve 2004 at Madison Square Garden 
in the eighth, 18th row on the floor, Trey Anastasio of Fish opened. It was supposed to be my morning jacket, but they had to pull out. And the Black Crows were reunited and happy for the first time. Yeah. And they just, they fought, they did three Zeppelin covers. They just delivered. Do you have that one concert that Dude. jumps out where you're like, it, it shouldn't have been that good, but it was, you know? I kind of, I went to so many concerts, because I used to write about music. I went to so many concerts from about 99 until 2003. Oh, we could have been hanging out I mean, back in the day. Yeah. I went to so many to the point where I was like, I don't need to ever see a live show again. Like, literally, I was so burnt out. the person that's writing down the set list in the crowd and reviewing No, it, no, no. I would just, I, I wrote for uh, LA Weekly and some other, uh, you know. Did that come with marijuana, or was it just intended? Yeah, man? you brought your own, man. Okay. <laughs> but, well, uh, like this studio. But, I mean, I, so I've seen some, I've seen some pretty cool acts in intimate settings, you know, like the Viper Room would always have the, you know, because I lived in Los Angeles. Give me a story. Give me one that popped for you. I saw the Colt at the Viper Room one time. The Colt. I don't know this band. Yeah, come on. She sells, she sells Sanctuary. And... Oh, oh, shit, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you're saying The Colt. The Colt, yeah. I thought you said The Colt, like a 45. No, Colt, Colt. Matt Storm, The Colt. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was an amazing show, man. I mean, I don't know if it's just because no, they, they were playing they them. Rocked, it was yeah. like an amazing show. Was like, that one always stands out. This was probably late 90, like 99. Okay, I saw ACDC at the Garden in 01. It was a fucking yeah. great show, by the way. Angus coming Man. out in the middle of the crowd doing a solo on his back. I mean, it was, it's incredible. I was sitting Metallica in the... never puts on a bad show. Have you seen them? I'm I haven't with... seen them live, no. no. I'm, uh, I'm sure that... Okay, uh, but is there any band that you've seen at least three, four, five times? There was so, so there were bands like I don't know. Have you heard of Remy Zero or yes. some of those bands from back in the day? Like uh, I saw them a bunch of times because I, I just liked them at the time. So I saw them in Los Angeles like probably five or six times. You know. Um, there's just bands like that. I mean, nobody. They're actually sort of local bands. When I really think back on it, some of them, like you, you know, I was seeing them. The, the, the bands you go see time and again, you know. All right. Um, I, I've probably seen the Dave Matthews. Band I was at, at different variations about six times. And, but the, some of those have been Dave just Matthews. for partying. Some of those have been because yeah. you know. Cause. I did see. There was a Halloween show at Dodger Stadium that was Kiss with the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, God, Chuck, don't, I mean, this just, you know, Kiss, really? This is... It was actually pretty fun, man. <laughs> I hate when rock fans like, no, PC, you really should try Kiss fucking rule. No, well, not, we're talking I mean, about live shows. I would not go by their albums, but it was a live show. Okay. It was fun. Um, I don't, I, I may be the only person that could ever say this. In the fall of 98, I saw the Wallflowers three times in eight days in three separate states. Now, Whoa. is that cool or is, in that, is that in lame sad. in hindsight? You know? <laughs> the only problem was it was, like the, it was like the same show. Don't you hate when you go see a band and they play basically their album in order? Yeah. No jamming, no variations. It's like, come on, you know? The late 90s, man, like some of those bands you're mentioning, they just were, they were fangless. They just didn't have a lot going on, man. I saw 311 a lot 311. in the late 90s. Those were some badass shows. Yeah. My buddy just sent me a photo that I got. I think it was 311 was playing like two nights ago. I Dude, guess they're still, still touring. Like, yeah. huh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, Long Island Luke in the back just went to the um, uh, Third Eye Blind show at Jones Beach. You know, nice. That, that album still stands up. The self-titled one. No, it was Third Eye Blind. That's funny that you bring that up. It was Third Eye Blind. Yeah, that he was uh, went and saw. Anyways. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, a couple more of these DMs. A couple more of these zingers here from at Rao Hyron. Rao H. Ryan. Rao Ryan. If John Jones beats Stipe via spectacular finish, how does it affect his pound-for-pound -pound ranking? Currently, he's number 10 with the UFC. If John wins the fight via a lackluster or split decision... <laughs> so basically, they want to know, look, if he wins spectacularly, what would that do to his pound-for-pound? -pound, or if he edges and just barely wins? Oof. Let me just say this, Chuck, that you've probably been a voter in various publications pound-for-pound -pound through the years. There's sort of an unwritten rule that if a fighter hasn't fought in one year and doesn't have a fight scheduled, he can't be in the list. So right now, I think we're John John Jones's true pound for pound ranking actually is he's either unranked because he hasn't right. had a fight in a long time and doesn't have one scheduled, or if you have to rank him, 
how could he be tenth? Like no, you kind of, no he's kind of got to be three or four or five, he right? Has to you be. know, he's still up there. He has to be until he loses. I think because he's to the eye, like to the, the visible, like in the building. Those last couple fights, I've been at his fights. I think a large contingency thought he lost these fights, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think that the the you know. The fact that he didn't just go in there and blow the doors off these last couple of opponents has affected him, and yeah. now you get this long layoff. Now, does that take away? I don't think it really takes away because he's still got his hand raised in the end. If he's able to go in there, I keep saying this. The reason, maybe one of the reasons he didn't perform against Reyes and uh, who was the other Mahata. guy? Yeah. So the reason, part of the reason is maybe they're more like the woodwork in terms of the guys he had to kind of face the meritocracy. Not up for those. If he's going up in weight. He's going against Miocic. I don't know what the line would be, but there would be a lot of doubt as to whether he'd even win. And I think if he goes in there and emphatically does Let's that, he the old John Jones would be right back. I feel like everybody would be talking about him the so same way they would, did. If Monday morning, if John Jones head kick KOs right. Stipe for the interim title, he's now a two-division champion, where would you put him considering right now I've got Usman 1, Adesanya 2, Volkanovski 3. Ugh, where does John God. Jones go? It's pop. really tough on that because that list, dude. All the guys you're mentioning are so good now. Yeah. Like Charles Oliveira, right there as well. I couldn't. I don't think I could put him ahead of Volk, or you know, because you know, he's your third. I don't think I could do that yet. Okay, if he edges a decision, wins the interim title. I mean, he's just somewhere in the top ten, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot. There's a lot to be seen there. I mean, that the, his his whole his move to heavyweight by itself, even if he didn't have this long um, time off, would be intriguing. And it still retains the streak, but then going against, you know, I just feel like there's a lot to be seen there. And it, it, like I think his best case scenario is to go in there and just obliterate, not just take him out with a big shot. Yeah. Although that would you're like volumes. the best scenario that could happen for him is to knock the man out. Yes, that that is the. Best well, scenario. I'm saying, the, but the show before that that he's controlling the fight, like yes. just to just to show you he's outclassing him and then to knock him out, right? Like so that you're kind of like he's good know. all around. You I still know? don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. The the more we wait, the more doubt I have, but I still don't know. Yeah. Um, this is going to be must-see TV, though, when it comes back. I'm looking forward to oh, it. Oh, man, I've been waiting for so long. It's honey, boo-boo, yeah, yeah. Could be Francis still. Wild you never know. Thing. Could be Francis. Could be. You never know. Uh, I think we've got a couple more. What do we got here? From at Ray V underscore artist. Oh, he likes the arts. Tatiana nice. Suarez wants one fight at flyweight, then a return to strawweight. She got removed from being ranked. Who should she fight in her flyweight return? Chuck, we've been waiting, as she has, too, forever. Once we heard that she's moving up in weight to 125, we feel like she could be a day one contender, you know, yes. in, in one of the rare where you're like, I kind of got to see what she looks like against Shevchenko. What would be the right introduction fight? Misha Tate just tried to get introduced at flyweight, and Lauren Murphy got the best of her. I don't know. That's a tough one. Do you have somebody to spring to mind? Like, I, I'm thinking of her. She's actually sort of dog-eared in that way. Like, she'll be a champion. I thought she'd be a champion by now. Obviously, it has not gone that way. And, in fact, she's almost going the way of Zabit, you know, like, where you're yeah, like, the great dude, what what, are we gonna, is she going to be a what-if? If I'm her and I'm doing that, I would probably want to have like a little bit of a soft landing spot. I would not want to go against one of the beasts. But again, so would you want like a like a um, uh, Joanne Wood? I mean, yeah, I would if I was her. <laughs> Jessica, I no longer coming. Yeah, that I, I was gonna say Jessica, I would have been ideal, right? Like because she's always kind of up there, but she's really not the that fighter. So. Yeah. But um, Wood would probably be a very nice consolation. I would, yeah, somebody like that. Okay. That would be okay. Okay. What do you think about our idea, especially with you know some UFC fighters are selling things on OnlyFans and it's disgusting. Um, Luke and I starting OnlyPipes.com and really <laughs> trying to supplement our income. Do you think, think there's an would, audience? Yes, for I that? do actually believe there's an okay. audience. So you're, I've, <laughs> I've been in contact with your rabid fan base, so yes, yeah, I do believe more, they'll go for anything. They want more dong. There's no question. <laughs> uh, is that all the jams you got, Gaff, or you got one more for me? 
from Eli Sugata. Do you think Dana secretly wants Charles Oliveira to beat Islam Mahachev because that's the best chance of getting I've Habib that, to come I've, out of retirement? I've heard stuff like uh, this quite a bit. Chuck, yes, I do. Yes, I do think that would be best case scenario for the company. I mean, he's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's no way he's coming back now, right? That's definitive. He can't. Okay, but what if... I'm just kidding. Okay, of course what, he can. Of course he can. But what if... <laughs> here's the... Here's the. You need something to ante up. Now, look, do I think Charles Oliveira would do a Conor McGregor, Dylan Danis type thing and call out Habib's family and get in his face? No. But what if Charles Oliveira kind of violently finished Ooh, Islam Mahachev? That's the real question. No, wait. What if Charles Oliveira does this... And then says... And then gets on the mic and says, I'll be waiting for you, Habib, and just drops uh, it, you know what I mean? Now, that's the way you get that that's, fight. That's how you do it, yeah. That that's the way you get that it. fight. I Habib seems to be... And if Oliveira went through both of those guys, I would, one, I'd be like, slam dunk, he's the best who's ever done yeah, it at that, he, at that weight. Wow, wow. All right, that's good debate talk here from the Donks. We appreciate your DMs from Donks. Uh, every Sunday night, check out our Instagram feed, and also, of course, morningcombat at gmail.com is the email. Wednesdays, fan subs. Fridays, dead wrong. Don't dead wrong me about that Bellator mix-up with the Pitbulls, okay? <laughs> All, right? All right? You said Patty Mix, Patrick Mix, that's what you said. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Thank man. You. Thank you. Uh, Chuck, we've got one more segment for you. I hope you're ready for this, Chuck. You've okay. done this, but you've navigated this before. Is okay. it weird to do this? What does it feel like? Um, no, it's just like everything else. Everything's like, equally Chuck, weird with the, with you, man. Go through my garbage with me and help me pick the, <laughs> the and, that, and I would just do it like, oh, this is just what we shit. do around BC. You know? um, we scour the globe every weekend for the highs and lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between in the worlds of combat sports and beyond. Here's your shit. Have you seen it? Let's hit the intro. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, here we go. It's already the midway point of the year, and it's already a close running for MK Donk of the Year in 2020. Chuck, okay. there's a lot of worthy people. David Appleton, right. there's a lot of worthy people All out right. there. How about Christian Daguerre? He showed up to our live show, told me about his fighting career. Oh, he showed shit. up in our su fan subs recently, said he's got an, uh, his amateur fight coming up. Can he put the Look MK logo it. on, Chuck? And if he put it in the exact right Saturday spot. Saturday night, he put it right on the D, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he was with. This is a true fan of the show to do that. I he's mean, in California. The promotion is called Spar Star MMA. We don't have actual fight footage. I don't know if they, they keep that off the web, but I was following wow, man. his story on social media but he, he won. got the win I think he's unbeaten as an amateur climbed the cage but shout out to Christian Daguerre this guy MK <laughs> look at that <laughs> balls across the nose baby <laughs> as Dice Clay used to say right where oh, it matters that's classic man that is Christian, awesome Christian we are not only following your journey we're appreciative of you by the way he was working out with Tony Ferguson while wearing MK clothes but I, I'm if Luke is willing and our MK dot cameras are I think we should corner uh, oh Christian, my God! Uh, Coach Latori style, you know, and, and I'll work the spit bucket. That. Wait, where's he based? He's in California. Okay, that's a road trip. Yeah, road trip. Good, I man. love this guy. Shout out all the way, big time Christian Daguerre fans over here. Let's go to UFC Fight Night in San Diego. We got some stuff to show. Flyweight Tyson Nam. You see this brutal counter shot to finish Odie Osborne. <laughs> Good Lord, Chuck. Yeah, man. You were asking earlier about like who else stood out. This absolutely stood out. Tyson. It was a night of underdogs, by the way. Yes. There was a lot of that sort of thing, but dude, that punch, holy. Dude, can we see that one more? Look at that. Oh, he's got a little O'Malley-like celebration. Look at that oh, counter. Oh, crumbled him. Damn. All right, let's keep it going here. And Josh tucked, tucked an extra one in there. That was good. Yeah, a little, little extra one for good notice. Bizping style off, uh, with Hendo. Oh, boy. So that's <laughs> Jason Quinlan. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Josh Quinlan. Excuse me. That's right. Jason Witt, the opponent. KO won the result. Chuck, this was good shit. Oh. Damn. You don't usually see that kind of, like, 
quick piston, boom, jab, yeah. like, and then a guy go down like that. That's it's crazy. very reminiscent of Bellator undercards, but specifically, have you ever been to a Bellator show where they do post? Limb oh, fights, oh, yes, of course. Where the main event's over. Everybody leaves. Everybody leaves. The... All the local fans come close to the cage. <laughs> and then it's just like local guy versus local yeah. guy. Yeah, People get flatlined. And then they drag them out and bring in the next one. <laughs> right. Right. The guy, oh, the guy coming in steps over the dead body. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, you had mentioned before that Nate the Train Landwehr kind of won the event oh, with his co-main event performance. Well, how about here? Let's listen to his post-fight interview. Did we have a technical problem there? <laughs> uh, there was a loud noise. Um, it sounded like a train. All right, well, Nate the Train that. would say, Mama didn't raise no bitch, and he got a big <laughs> pop from the crowd. But what I love, Chuck, is that, I don't know if you realize, that interview went... It just fell apart so quickly because every time DC would act a, a counter yeah. up, he'd be like, Nate the Train in the UFC, baby! I mean, yeah. it was full well, on... I think he has fully shown that he's not like us, not like common yes. people. Like yes. He's going to like his yes. whole thing, even from the fight itself I mean, what to the if God fight? was really one of us? Just a slob, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, like one well, of us. He'd look like Nate. Yeah, he would. Uh, shout out to your moment, Nate Lane, where I, I'd dude, get him on this couch. Ah, would you dude. be a part of that? Oh, man. You have to. I feel like that he's created for the room service. Yeah, we should get him. We should get uh, Big Tuna from Bellator. You know my guy? Yes. Ben Parrish. Yes. Love that guy. Shout out all the way. All right, uh, Chuck, uh, many celebrities showing up in San Diego, including Mackenzie Dern. Oh, yeah. She's having a lot of fun in the front row, which means we're having a lot of fun, Chuck. You know, I noticed this in real time. I'm not going to lie. I saw this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I... Uh, and I was like, man, you know, it's it, it actually is sort of like the WWE divas, right? Like it's kind of like she's wow. become something like that. And like, no, I, I she, think it's great. She, look, she, 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 hey, she should be herself. She literally is this person. That's she's who she should be. She's always had star power, and yes. now her game is rounding out. I mean, Chuck, she's got a big fight. What is it against Yan Shanan? Yes. And that will be the type of crossroads fight that could push her right up to the title, the title 100%. picture. So uh, we shout her out. She was there to support her teammate, correct, uh, Marlon Vera. There. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. Yeah, sorry yes, about yes. that, Chuck. Okay. Hey, Chuck, real recognized real backstage after Cheeto Vera's knockout victory. Action Bronson. Action Bronson. That's his boy, right? Like yeah, looking out. very yeah. Bray Wyatt these days. Yeah. You don't speak yeah, no, no, I do speak wrestling. I know I know Bray Wyatt. Come on, come on man. Come on. Uh, there, there's a little, lot, a lot of backstage. That's pretty cool. Right there. Yeah, that's what happens when... New York base, he went all the way out to San Diego oh, to check yeah. out his pal. That's cool. Have you ever been to San Diego? Oh, yeah. It's, I've been to a fight at that arena. It's gorgeous, right? It's an awesome... That arena, though, is like this old, uh, from the 60s, very old school. Rashad on Friday was trying to be like, you know, San Diego's nice, but I just love South Florida. And people are like, yo, what South kind of Florida? drugs no, are you no, on? I'm like, the good ones. I've seen Rashad. Yeah, the good ones. The good ones. There's no doubt about it. Well, I want some of those good drugs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to UFC superfan Steve O, speaking of celebrities, Chuck, and doing Steve O things at, at Cage Side. There we go. I was going to say, does he have an extra row of teeth? Yeah. Or something? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Wait, who was that 400 pound guy yeah, looking at? Yeah, so Patty got a big pop from the San Diego crowd, but he's looking thick between the He plates. is. He said he was 200 pounds. Do you think he really is? That's ridiculous. Damn. I think he's just got a chubby face. It's always going to be that way, but when he's. They say that about me. Every fighter that meets me go, oh, I I thought you were going to be a lot shorter. Right? <laughs> do I look like a I think he does just have a, he's got a round face. What are you going right. to do? All right. What are you going to do? Fat face. When he comes right. in, I mean, he looks, fit, like he's cut, like he's fit, but his face is always a little chubby looking. Uh, more shit from Bellator 284 in South Dakota. Check out the step-in elbow from Josh Hill. He didn't win the fight, Chuck, but look at that. Oh, man. Damn, right? That's really nice. That what do you call really that? Nice. Name that move, Chuck. Uh, that's a... 12 to 6. No. Samurai, uh, yeah. <laughs> 6 to 12? The 6 to 12. How do you drive? Do you do 10 and 12? Or are you like, 
like I put one hand on the top one and then the, then the other hand uh, to hold my snacks. Yeah, I'm kind of like yeah, that. I'm one hand guy. Well, usually it's down here though on the steering wheel, like just kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what did I'm you used about. to drive with your knees a lot when you were young? I did too. My kids were like appalled in the car. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, it used to be the thing. I'm glad I didn't know you when you were driving there. You were, you were explaining on the way up here yeah, that you were like, you know, people were like, got up BC, to 118 one time. I said, who, BC, who were you in your you know, first quarter of your adult life? Not not somebody you'd like. Oh, <laughs> like that much, all right. Oh, uh, let's go over to light heavyweight Sullivan Cauley, a teammate of Ryan Bader, getting a tea kettle, tea, ugh, tea kettle, TKO one. <laughs> of Tyson Jeffries, and watch the celebration here, John. Oh, man. Should we be... Look at the mustaches of these, I love it. What's that tattoo? Oh. Oh, shit, should we be looking out for this guy? Love Wait, what, 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 what weight class is this? He's light heavyweight. Okay, because that's impressive. Yes. A big guy doing that, that's impressive. You well, see the little dudes flipping around, I'm like, whatever, but that's, that's a lot Bellator of weight. I think Bellator believes in this guy as a, as, yeah. a, as a prospect, somebody worth watching there. Good stoppage good. against Tyson these Jeffries. These dudes who, I don't know what round this, was it in round one? Yes. Because I'm like, I see guys do flips after round three or something, and I'm like, I'd be dying at I'd that point. Dead. Yeah, I'd be dead. I'd be um, dying at this point. But Pat do Downey, as we mentioned, had like a 30-second submission win, but afterwards, Chuck, this oh, yeah, might have stolen this. the moment of the whole card. Oh, yeah. Is that this is the, this is that is, this is, that's no. what I That's what I was wondering. Is it him? No, nah, he's too big. Right. That dude's no, like nine foot. Him. I don't think that's him. Is yeah, it, though? Is it? It is? It's him? They're saying it's definitely him. Okay. Either way, that's pretty... I, I'm down. Wow. I, mean, I get down with this, you know? That's like, yeah. That's good for violent... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Luis... Wait, what's his name? Luis Payne. I don't think it's Luis, Luis Payne. Is that Gaff? Are you sure? They say it is. I believe he looks like him. I mean, come on. All right, he says a thousand. It's a good re-entry. He's kind of he's, he's some taint yeah. on his uh, name. We you know? mentioned uh, PFL from Wales gave us the end of Roy McDonald's great career. Let's shout out Delano Taylor. Here's the footage of him delivering with that right hand and. It was over shortly after. Uh, hey, we gotta we gotta focus on Delano Taylor now. He yes. took his opportunity, Chuck. Well, you got you can't take anything away from that guy, man. I mean, yeah. he came in there and did what he was supposed to do. He's gonna fight and for I honestly, million bucks. I honestly, I'm sort of favoring him just because I feel like he's that hot roll ride. He's got well, hot dice. Let me ask you an important question: If you're a late replacement, do you still win a million bucks if you win the? I think so. Okay. I think so. I don't know that for sure, All right. but all right. Uh, top ranked boxing from Las Vegas. Real recognizing real backstage. Teofimo Lopez meet oh, OBJ man. Odell Beckham. Teo's got some buddies, huh? Like Dude, he's hanging Teo, out. He's rolling. Did you see the Bud Light sponsorship too? Yeah. Dude, he's got it rolling on. 25 years old. He's a kid. star. He's a stud. I hope he can keep it together because he's an absolute stud. He's going to make great fights. You need to get career. him on the couch. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we mentioned 19-year-old Xander Zayas blowing it up on the co-main event. Just check out the technique on these on these combinations. Just good, good stuff here if, if we can. See, this is what's great about the slow-mo. Oh, look. Like, in real time, you don't see just how good this stuff looks. And then you see it in slow motion in these boxers when they're, when they're that beautiful with their strikes. Yeah. Oh, look so at look that. how he floats that left yeah. hook just to kind of turn the head to get that right hand behind it. Dude. I mean, that's just on point, Chuck. On freaking point. What do we? Wonder what he's gonna do there. He's like running in. Teabag him or something. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that. Uh, I, I love. I love. You think, you, know, you think he's gonna? He wants to headline MSG or, or Puerto Rico. Like, which happens first? Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, MSG's a ways off, I think. As me. much as we love when old guys make a run late in their career, like Glover Teixeira, and you're just like, yeah, score one for the old guys. Oh. I love it when someone's this young, this It's late. the bookends. Yeah. It's, if it's, you get a guy very late, it's fun to root from because you've seen their journey, and then you're like, this is improbable. But if you get a new kid coming up, it just brings a fresh coat to everything, yeah. like everything, all the, all the flowers in the garden, mama in the backyard. We always want new pussy. <laughs> there, somebody I've said. I've never it. heard of that. Yeah, what is that? Okay. Hey, Chuck, take me out to the ball game. Here's some baseball-related stuff. Let's go to this uh, 
This kid snagging a foul ball. What a play here by this youngster. Not all casually, oh, too. Look at with the first baseman's glove, a southpaw, just protecting. Oh, he saved somebody, yeah. Just protecting his mom or dad. Is that word? Is that uh, <laughs> just takes a drink? Is that Gareth Davis? He just protected. Who is <laughs> that, that? looked like Who Gareth. Is that right there. Uh, we'll see one more time. Check out the God. warlock down there. Yeah, warlock showing up on PFL. I saw that. I saw he's looking good, man. He's trimmed up. Dude, he's. I love the warlock. People crazy. I think Luke's a little leery around the warlock. You know, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Now, warlock's put his hand on my pants before I me. Mean, that guy gets wild. Okay, well, he, he does get wild. Fight him off sometimes. All right, let's go bunch of drugs so it's you know uh your scorpion of the week luke or i'm sorry luke chuck took place in left field on this little league game oh Ooh, god oh the, ow the bad news is he didn't make the play the good oh, news is he did walk I can't, off. Dude, yeah, that is my kids are snapped. flexible chuck. i know i was gonna you say know, it's good that he's what 11 12 years old because that's uh what's the uh what's ow, the statement god uh, his head is all the way back that's a bird in hand equals one in the pocket let's go over to this umpire with a heck of a play here wow man Oh, Ooh. great catch. Right in the heart, right? Did it go in his pocket? It did. Oh, my God. <laughs> how do you find this Just stuff? sort of happened. Yeah, that's great. Shout out to that umpire. All right. I like sure how he's looking around like, where'd that ball go? Uh, let's go back to the Little League field. This might be Babe Ruth level or Cal Ripken level, whatever you call this, Pony League baseball. Uh, look at this guy running through, just running right through the sign. The umpire's like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're taught to do that, man. I thought you said come forward and take my knees out. All right, that that's That is hilarious. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep, that umpire's pissed You play off. till you hear the whistle. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah, all right. Let's go to the outfield major league baseball here's tampa's oh no josh oh. low ouch <laughs> shit yep taking that right on the face in the face wow that's that's that hurts two times right first yeah. you, you let a fly ball routine fly go by obviously you couldn't see because he's putting the shades but then to take it ah. yeah why don't you why don't you use the shades during i don't the know why you know? Oh. oh wow that's great it's an orbital that's great uh, we'll stay with Major League Baseball. Here's the Oakland the A's outfielder Sky Bowl entering the game as a late defensive replacement in the outfield, and here's his reaction. Uh, looks like me at midnight after uh, drinking two class <laughs> two. Uh, well, there we go. There we go. Chucky oh got my it God. out. All right. They came in Polo Costa. We're taking down a um, Malbec in the, uh, the clubhouse <laughs> beforehand, but. Uh, this is great. Dude, I, I got to know the backstory of this now. This is crazy. Was you know, he, probably, he probably swallowed the dip. That's probably what happened. Uh, oh. Been there. Chuck, been there. I've been there. Been there. <laughs> Those little bandit packs. You ever been there? Been I love there. that the camera's on him as The difference is I've been there when I was 19. I'm a piece of shit. Not now as a professional <laughs> podcaster, all right? Yeah. Uh, let's go over to uh, Let's go to Russia. They give us wild things. Here's a produce basher, but please just look at the reaction of his wife and cat throughout this. Oh. Yeah, this man does not need a Vegemite. He's the human Vegemite. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, he just shows you the power. If you want to prepare a you salad. You just wear, what is that, lettuce? She just wears oh, the lettuce afterward. You don't need, wow, just use You just have to go to Gallagher to get a watermelon splash. Shout out right to now. Look at This Russian, which always gives us gems on IG. They have Look at This American as well, just to be fair. But look, you don't That's need pretty a, impressive, though, i got to yeah. say. Like, being able to, come on. He'll toss your salad yeah, just like that, Chuck. What the okay? hell is going this on in this relationship? Is, this is not This is not good. This Let's is, keep it going. Something's being oppressed there. Let's go sure over to the is. wedding. Remember that old tradition of throwing the bouquet and then some ex-college softball catcher knocks over your daughter and, you know, oh, boy. You know, <laughs> 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 seen somebody, it a thousand times, somebody wants to, yeah, like, Actually, that's true. That's got, that, There's violence in those. You ever been at like a nice, wholesome family wedding and then they do the garter belt thing where it's like, you know, the the sexual music and they're like, that's so like 80s, isn't it? Yeah, it was very 80s. Yeah, like, and it's always some horny single guy like Uncle Uncle Billy or somebody coming in. Yeah, I've been there too. Yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> let's go to the backyard. This is the dad move of the week. Watch this move here from this dad during the cookout. Oh, oh man, shit. come on. 
Let's watch it one more time. I remember just walks away like, get out of here. Yeah, dude, that's a Look big win. Kid. kid just walks away from him. <sighs> so many Love times it. I do cool stuff in the house and people are like, oh, just, you know, just get away. Like, nothing humbles like you my, like going home. My podcast, yeah, nothing humbles you like people in your house not caring at all. <laughs> no, I feel like Luke for a second. Uh, you know, as far as pranks go, I don't know if Peter North did this prank, but this chick's not happy. <laughs> not happy at all. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> What the hell? Chuck, what is that? What I is don't even know what that is. Peter <laughs> Good God, we're going to need cleanup on aisle oh Toyota Corolla. Or foam insulation, I'm told. Foam but it's not completely hardened. It's, wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, concert season is back. We just ranked our bands. We've seen the most. Um, this camera guy, unfortunately, this was his last show, Chuck. Oh, Ooh, and then the camera. Yeah, you got like the singers, that. like, oh shit. Who's that singer? Is that Daddy Yankee? I don't know. I don't really follow. Oh my god, that's always that's one of those who are like, is that dude dead? Yeah, you know? good. He had a good run there, though. He was a good, good. Uh, oh yeah, my okay. god. Uh, it's time for some poor parenting. Sometimes you know you just got to do it for dude. the gram, Chuck. No matter who you hurt, okay? Sure. <laughs> look at the oh, kid. boy, yeah, that's that. Oh, look at those inner thighs. That was tats, like a, just, that was like Wild Kingdom or something, yeah, something snapping that, them out of the water. That was very uh, Jack Hanna, Damn, if you man. will. You know, um, poor Steve Irwin. Look at this. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like watching a cheetah go up into the water. And is, is Bindi Irwin hot or is it too soon? It's probably, yeah. Let's keep it going. Um, let's go over <laughs> to uh, uh, poor parenting along this young boy to play with this. What are we doing here? Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, the good oh, news is that, it's 4th of July. The bad news is you won't have children. My God. That's okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Look at his face, poor kid. Uh, more bad parenting continues here, trying to distract their kid. Uh, wait for it, Chuck. Uh-oh. Oh, nice blue tongue. Uh-oh. What's he running into? Oh. <laughs> yeah, right into a Camry. That's oh, good. Oh, my yep. Lord. That is good stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chuck, we have found, remember that old uh, iPad game, the Fruit Ninja? We found the guy it was okay. based after. Check this guy out. Whoa, what? Damn, is that real? Just with it his middle be, finger? It can't be real. This looks like my prostate exam, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Still scarred emotionally from that. Wow. Yeah, all right. Uh, Chuck, uh, sometimes videos leave you wondering a lot of questions. Chuck, what's the backstory on this, please? Oh, my Lord. Anytime I tell you. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh what in the hell? Uh, yeah. I feel like this might be old. I feel like I've seen this. Was there a backstory attached to this? I don't know. We're going to need to. He's just gonna... trying to shake him off of the. Yeah. Somebody threw out a perfectly good See, white that's boy. What, <laughs> you're mentioned, yeah, like, yeah. Rashad was mentioning self. That's what I expect from South Florida. That's, there, that's you know? Florida life right there. Yeah. Right there. you got to be prepared for anything. All right. Uh, regional MMA highlight of the week. The promotion is <laughs> TNU-129. As you know with regional MMA, anything can happen. Watch this flying knee from Desmond Monabot. Oh, oh good. Damn, man. Lord. Let's see this again. Shit's nasty, Chuck. I just want to see it again. Yeah, just show it. There we go. Oh, man, that is nice. As Luke would say, hold this. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. Okay. Uh, finally, Ch Chuck, it's, we're going to close with two bits of sound. Sounds of the season first, NFL preseason. It's Cardinals at Bengals. Let's All right. get a piece of this. You have to like when there's a guy coming right in your face and he just sits in there and, and delivers it uh, really well. You have to like. 
I mean, I don't think you have to like it, Chuck. Right? Is that, like a, is that an unwritten rule of football? Like, you know, oh, my God. Oh, how do you even find this stuff, it man? It finds me, Chuck. It finds me, okay? And finally, oh my look, God. Pete Rose has not had a good week in the headlines with misogyny and things like that, but he did show up for the Phillies anniversary of the 1980 World Series championship. This was a disastrous They put him in the booth, Chuck. <laughs> now you realize why you don't put Pete Rose oh in the booth. Oh, my God. Here we go. I said, Tony, congratulations. What did you hit? And Tony says, show. I hit a cockeye fastball. Mm. And, and Joe didn't know what to say. Joe said, no shit. That's looped out to right field. You change the subject real quick on that loop out to right field. I'm just describing the action. Pretty sure we don't have a seven-second delay, so. Oh. John Crook doing damage controllable. Oh, my right God. There. Yeah, I was going to say, he was like the guy you had to edit back in the yes, day. Uh, that is hilarious. Pete Rose is who he is. Uh, I've never really liked him, but that's a... You that's never a, really liked him? I mean, see, I, he was I, already he was already in trouble from the same trip, and then he just doubled down. I mean, you got to appreciate that. in terms of the athlete Pete Rose, the character that he was, the all-time great player, but, I mean... He's, I mean, uh, what do you say about Pete Rose at this point? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean... Hey, he's leading his best life. <laughs> you know, Tony, tell me about that cockeye fastball. Oh, my on. God. Yikes. Uh, that's the shit of the week. Hope you saw it. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Thank you. All right, Chuck. Uh, that was our show for that's this it? week. Uh, we'll see what happens. No more segments? We'll, we'll keep you posted on the uh, Showtime replacement opponent for Omar Figueroa Jr. this Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, a four-fight card, Hollywood, Florida, Showtime. Obviously a loaded weekend. Be on the lookout this week. YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. Right now, you can watch Luke and I rewatching Usyk Joshua 1. I'll be checking that out. We got an Edwards Usman 1 rewatch coming out I'll tomorrow. Skip that one. I'm just kidding. Come on. Tomorrow, we got Chuck Mendenhall pregame preview UFC 278. So there's the socials. Follow us. Uh, please like and subscribe. I know it's, it's tedious, it's whatever, but you can mute the notifications. It just shows that you've joined this army. It helps us corporately to build and get to the next level, get more financial support, all that good stuff. So is these podcast awards. Chuck, what's the real meaning if we are MMA best programming for the second straight year? I mean, what does it really mean? I don't know, but it does go along. Show you some of that paper, baby. Yeah, hopefully we get more of that paper. Uh, You can scan this QR code or go to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees. We are up against Joe Rogan, the MMAR with Ariel Helwani, UFC Unbedded, U.S. Dana White contenders. I mean, it's just, it's all killer and no filler. We won last year because of you guys. In fact, we were told that we had record numbers for the voting in both this and the Sports Podcast Awards, which we won Best Sports Show. It's because of our rabid, rabid rabid, man. It's a family, but it's a dysfunctional, weird one. And I'm happy to be a part of it. I have to be a ringleader. Um, (laughs) Chuck, you know what I appreciate? And I mean this. People have a lot going on in their life, you know, that... Health issues with their relatives, you know, financial issues, lose your job, gas prices through the roof, but they can turn on this show a couple yeah. times a week. Here's some shitty analysis and some worse jokes, and they can, you know, yeah. they can feel good, you know? Yes, they can. That matters. And to they me. do. They that do. Matters it matters. It does. Me, okay? It should. All right, so I'd like to shout out all the divorced women watching, all the people in incarceration at the moment watching. Well, you've named almost the full demographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BC and Chuck Care. 
If don't nobody else care, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Chuck, where can we where can we find you? Like, you want to do that bit? I mean, are you selling anything? What's going on? I'm not. Well, you know, I am selling my hats. You, Austin actually, Scallies. Hey, man, you shouted it out last time. A bunch of hats sold. Dude, so, I was uh, keep, happy keep to buying hear those that. hats, man. So, uh, I just got. I'm getting new shipments. I mean, we, we got more. Let's plug it right. Mith.com. The myth, or is it the, the myth? Themyth.com. The myth. With an M-I-T-H. It's Chuck Mendenhall's personal website. There's great writing on there, but even yes, better sir. hats. Brought to you by who? Boston even Scally. Hats, yes. Uh, Boston Scally. Yeah, they're my partner in this, and they've been great, man. They're great hats. You Here have, we go. The good one. news on the hats, it's the I have a big melon, like a, just a weirdly shaped long. It's long in the back like Richard Hamilton, so it's got like this weird thing going on. So I need a long, <laughs> wide hat. The hat we fits can perfectly. You. It's comfortable. It's high quality. The only drawback is it 100% is a midlife crisis hat because my wife says I look 55 with them. Ah, the, the, your, your mistresses will like it. I, trust me on this. Um, <laughs> now, does your wife heckle you on the same level? Like, no. You know, no. Well, maybe. I don't know. You're telling me a little bit about your wife's complaints with you. I, th I feel like she's a little strong with you. But my, Luke and, you know, I do Luke hear, and my I do wife hear about usually it. hate me for the same reasons. Yeah. They're usually yeah. very similar to you. Well, that's good. You get it in both ways then. doesn't matter where you're at. <laughs> Studio, at home. Man of many seasons, he gets it both ways. There you go. <laughs> uh, Chuck, I hope you do too. Um, anytime you're filling in, it's like family here, Chuck, okay? Thank you, man. We love it's having you. It's fun coming down. The, the staff, they don't talk much. They're always on their phones, but they love you, Tristan. Let's not, let's not, Tristan. Let's not do three years again before I sit at this. You're damn right. Damn, back in the bombshell. It's going to be a big week, even though Luke's on vacation. Let him be. Let him enjoy his time with his family. Luke's going to come back energized, and but we're going to have a lot of coverage for you this week ahead of UFC, ahead of Joshua Usyk. It's going to be a fun week, Chuck, okay? It'll be good. It was great seeing you here. For our great staff here at Malka CBS Sports Showtime, we thank you. Gaff in the back, Long Island Luke. You got Jake on camera over here. Jake? Jake Von Amsterdam. Go Jets. Doc7 in production, in production at the moment. Um, thank you to all you out there, okay? Uh, tip your waitresses. May all your ex-lovers <laughs> stay satisfied. And, um, never say goodbye, PC. Never say goodbye. Never Just keep talking. Goodbye. We got two words. <laughs> we out.